0: This 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 resonates as a content creator, right? Because you go and you create something to like, you know, you know, help people know about a game or something, and you go and you talk about it, and you don't do it saying, "Let me tell you every single." possible detail about a thing you're just trying to help people know about generally the stuff of things and they're the ones that want to go and like hold you to the cult it's like well actually i could have told you about this little piece here and if you go to the wiki or if you go to this like chill the fuck out guy like hang out for a little bit chill out okay it's not comprehensive right okay you ain't wrong but also like if you're gonna come in here and pick everything apart i kind of don't want you here i kind of want yeah, you here welcome to the party we are looking for more of your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on mmos rpgs game development and gaming culture i'm your host phoenix also known as samorg i'm joined today by our attorney party members so welcome back renfell
1: hello everyone
0: and new to this show let's welcome back daedalus
1: hello everyone
0: Gentlemen, what a week. So we are we're down a party member today. We do not have uh, Nathan with us. He had some stuff come up. We expect to have him back next week. But, you know, as as uh, fate had it. We, we brought another fellow podcaster on here with us from the Ashes Pathfinder podcast. One of my co-hosts from over there it has been a long time coming, but meaning to get him over here anyway. And I just thought to myself, well, what the hell? I'll see if he's free. Still need to get him on with all of us, including Nathan, though, because that'll be good. Oh, we got a we got a show today. Oh, I think we're going to get some rants. But before we do, um, got to give a shout out to all the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this Parties, bags, packed, provision stock for all our adventures on the show. Also, speaking of the show, if you'd like to do us a solid... Give us a five-star view over on iTunes would be greatly appreciated. You can do that by going to at the LFM show on Twitter. Look for the pin post at the top. Click on iTunes. Go do your thing. If you leave a comment or we'll read it here on the show, you can also call in to the 1-539-664-6801 number and leave an audio message there as well to play on the show. Obviously, it's got to be appropriate, so don't get too cray. Um, you want to shoot us a message. Some uh, some grunt out in the D&D world will probably get that to us. You can do that over at the LFM show at gmail.com. Let's catch up a little bit. Um, I think <laughs> this is what have you been up to the past week? And actually, before we do that, we got to do that. I haven't done this in a while on this show, but they list for those people that are listening or watching, um, since you may be a new name or face to them. I mean, believe it or not, there are people that watch this one or listen to this one that don't follow ashes so why don't you maybe let everybody know a little bit about yourself uh you know what you do in the content creator realm um you know what kind of uh gamer you are and what you're into and all that
2: sure sure so i mean i guess where sim and i connected it was uh through ashes of creation uh obviously and um i supported the kickstarter very early on and and Sim and I hooked up and started working content Mm. at some point, you know, right after the Kickstarter. And so I've been a gamer, you know, ever since I can remember. My first true uh, MMO uh, was Ultima Online. So I've done, um, I've kind of done it all in terms of gaming. I do primarily um, play uh, MMOs, but on occasion I'm very much like an RPG open world i like you know action adventure type of gaming too so i'm i kind of like a little bit of everything uh and uh yeah i guess in in general i don't know i i just always love talking about games and it was just a natural progression to get into content so what i do on the ashes of creation side though not um Waiting for the official um, official word here on getting back into the content creator program. I did start writing articles for Ashes oh. of Creation and eventually um, turned that into a YouTube channel. Did some YouTube videos over the course of time, and then through you know a series of very fortunate events, I met Sim and and now the rest is history with the, the right. Ashes Pathfinders podcast.
0: Oh yeah, and you know what the beautiful thing is about this podcast, buddy. Oh, all that stuff on the Ashes Pathfinder show that we we're like, oh, this isn't released directly Ashes related. Sometimes we can tie stuff in, but we try to keep it on the Ashes of Creation development track. There's so many rants around game development that we have to temper ourselves and not let bleed into that show that right here is the place where we get to go on about it. So I warned Daedalus ahead of time that sometimes these shows can, they, the rants are plentiful here. And sometimes uh, things can, sort of uh well i think like last week three hours go by and it feels like the snap of a finger and you're like oh shit i've had these people here three hours i gotta um maybe let them go live their lives some this week before whatever right um also daedalus these two guys which nathan and renfeld they're two of the people i do uh there's sparrow and chad bounty code um you know uh, there's chris and then there's idril dor those are the ones that are on the uh, dnd campaign um, which is after the pathfinder show on sunday um for those of you who are interested in dnd check us out over there so we're at the weave in the void or weave and void on uh twitch specifically just weave and void and uh i always post those uh announcements in the uh, discord though so you can kind of check it out last week was crazy Nathan's not here to talk about it, but last week was crazy. It like, was
1: a little crazy. Um, you guys thought you could man. take on a young green dragon and quickly found that uh, that was not the case.
0: I did not. Although. although I contested I, that.
1: I will admit the that the, 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 we're going to give the dwarf a potion of flying, have yeah. him go up in the air with a flask of oil, chuck it on the dragon, light it on fire. Uh, that, was, that right there, in my mind, is classic. Yeah. That's what makes d d fun, because yeah. you're going – you're going beyond dice rolls and rules and you're improvising and making shit up. That's truly Epic. Yes. And that, those are the stories that people will remember 10 years on. Like remember yes. that first D and D campaign I played, we had that crazy dwarf who broke, you know, who's always bitching about his crowbar, you know, like that's True.
0: the, I had to tie him off to my belt or whatever, as balloon dwarf ass up there in the air. I was like, he dropped his 50 foot rope. I was like, I got you, man went over and he wasn't down yet. And I was like, I'm just going to tie him off to this. Like, drag him around Rocks or whatever here to oh tie gosh. his ass off he'll float back that's down him outside below.
2: of the box thinking man yeah. but that's that's good <laughs> drop some oil
0: on the dragon nathan ran through had dice rolls all over the place lit the dragon on fire ran away long and short of it go check it out i know uh, nathan and renfell have had videos up we have shorts to go up on our, our channel but um whew. let's play a little catch up here now what we we hear from daedalus uh renfell Anything newsworthy you want to talk about from your stuff and things in the past week before we dig in? Cause I got a special shout out for, um, some, a, a pretty, a, a game that is, um, or was, uh, near and dear to my heart. I guess it's, it's a complicated scenario, but why you first, you first. Yeah.
1: Uh, mine was pretty easy this week. Um, was just lots of D D, um, obviously last, Friday, I think we made the announcement that Nathan Napalm was joining us to do yep. character art on the tabletop stuff we're doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the Weave in the Void. I made a big post about that on Patreon. It's an open yeah. post. You can check that out. Uh, it was from Sunday. Just published Chapter 12 today. Mm. Um, we're moving the gaming community over from EverQuest 2 tonight over to Lord of the Rings Online. So we're having a big guild meeting tonight and live streaming that. Um, and I think that's mostly it. Cause Chris and I are starting to prep for the move in March. So there hasn't been a ton of stuff going on. There's just been that. And I know we're going to talk about it later on today, but I've been going crazy all day today about the vanity fair Lord of the rings thing, or new rings of power show. We'll talk about that later on the show. Um, and then just lots of community members from the other project, um, reaching yeah. out to me after Nathan's video and, and just, getting me up to speed on things which has been really interesting
0: yeah so um i guess i guess first oh, of...
1: binge watching boba fett i forgot about that oh, we did that last yeah, night we got true. our booster, we got our booster shots yesterday how'd I go and we came home and felt like crap so oh, from like moment. nine okay. until one in the morning we binge watched boba fett
0: so. got it got it so um <laughs> welcome into episode uh 69 uh, Return of the nerd. We're gonna nerd out pretty hard today. Um, I got to give a special special shout out to some uh, some people uh, in the in the, the MMORPG space and community that you know they uh, that you know watched the show. I didn't realize they watched it. I mean, not too sure exactly um, you know why they haven't decided to hang out with us or anything. But while we're live, uh, but you know, shout out to the developers over at Embers Adrift because um, I know they watch the show based on some DMs and stuff like that. I mean, they're clearly listening. Well. I take them back. They, they, they watch. They clearly don't listen because, I mean, nine, nine, nine minutes or so of, you know, suggestions that you don't take, I think, will kind of outline the difference between listening and uh, choosing to act upon some suggestions. So, you know, Nathan posted a, a pretty well done video uh, talking about Embers Adrift. So uh, definitely encourage people to check that out. Um, and, and then I got one too. I, I feel like it's important to full transparency, got to make sure that uh, people are in the know of a game coming out so that they don't get blindsided uh, when I believe they're just going to get hit with a surprise truck called shit. It's full shit in it. Um, in my opinion, again, I'm just saying that. Um, so yeah, long and short of it is, um, you know, if it stinks, it, you trust your instincts. Um, anyway, I got a video coming out. Uh, I'll wait a little longer before I post it though, um, just to let it marinate a little bit as it's been recently edited. And then I'll get it up there and uh, I'll post it and give you all my take on Embers Adrift, formerly known as Saga Leucemia. Uh, Renfell is the individual who created that IP. Told you all about how I read the book a long time ago. Um, same game, but not really, but kind of, sort of. We'll talk about it another time. But anyway, shout out to them for uh, being here. I'm sure they're going to watch this one too. Um, I guess just uh heads up, it's coming. Um, and aside from that, uh, yeah, I got another announcement I'm actually pretty excited about. Been waiting a little while, had to had to wait and kind of let things play out a little bit because I wanted to, you know, I wanted some hard confirmations uh, that my own gut about some other things were right and uh, kind of some ideas about planning this out a bit. But I, I ran a guild previously, a gaming guild, and it was disbanded, uh, it was ended. And I've been contemplating how I want to go about, or if I want to go out doing a guild uh, for gaming moving forward. And I decided, yeah, I do, I guess I am. So Knights of the Phoenix is launching... It will be actually launching later today. I'll post that announcement discord, but I wanted to announce it here first because it's a, it's a gaming community guild. so if you're a part of this show, you're part of the ashes pathfinder podcast, you know, you like ashes of creation, you like game development, you like MMORPGs, RPGs, you know, you enjoy the conversations. You feel like it's kind of like, your vibe, your place, then, then I suggest you shoot me a DM on discord. Uh, you can join discord.gg forward slash some org, um, or you can, uh, just hit me up on, uh, some more hashtag zero, zero, zero one on discord. It's my, it's my username. So hit me up, DM me, uh, as of later tonight. And I will be, uh, yeah, I'll be talking to you about bringing you in and what we're doing and what's going on there. Um, yeah, I think that's it for announcements. Um, Yeah, pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited about it, Uh, but I am also excited about this EverQuest. And this actually resonates, I think, with Renfell, because I think you were even talking about some of this previously. But yeah, it looks like like EverQuest is actually going to be on a 64-bit server soon. It's launching what? Like... That's February
1: 15th. So that's a few days away. I mean it'll be interesting. At the very least, it's interesting to see that they're continuing to, at the very least, keep the game alive and try to modernize it. Um, I know that when um Volcanic Impassing they changed the date, so I don't know if that if the 15th is still the the same. Mm. I haven't looked into that. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I know when they, they did it for um when they did it for Lord of the Rings online, it was the thing where it was like, cool, it's been a long time coming. I don't really think it made that big of a difference with Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings Online when they made the switch to 64-bit. But um, it is what it is. I mean, at the very least, they have enough of a subscriber base to allow them to continue to push out expansions, run progression servers, and update the client and modernize it. Which, none of those are bad things. Um, Mm. I think I did this. I talked about this last week. I think it was last week. I did a video on... Whether or not uh, retention is more important than box sales. And one of the things I was talking about with retention was looking at how if a game has at least a solid player base of twenty five, thirty thousand players, regardless of how many it had at its peak, a lot of people will say, "Oh, New World lost ninety percent." Yes, it did. It sucks. It still has fifty 000 to sixty thousand players daily, more than enough for them to have a financially stable, ongoing commitment. And so, you know you can use the term success loosely however you want to define that but when you have that many players at the very least you're going to be able to keep a game alive for the people who really do like it and that's where i feel like everquest is at because i still go back and play it i i did play every single progression server up until the one that launched last year which i think was called thornblade or something Mm -hmm. and i think i have finally reached my sort of everquest one i've I've done it enough like there is there is a part of our gaming community who haven't played it before, and there's some talk about maybe we'll go to a progression server this summer. I won't be doing it for me. I'd be doing it for them, just Got so it. I can you know, let other people see it for the first time. Um, EverQuest 2, I still enjoy a little bit more, but it's not as old of a game. So it's cool. I mean, I'm glad to see that they're doing this for EverQuest. I'm really hoping that the company behind them follows through and actually does the graphical update they said they were going to be doing for lord of the rings online because they were pushing that as a 2022 agenda so we'll um mm. we'll see but it's cool i mean it's cool
0: <clears throat> yeah i, got, I go gotta go say, to i gotta say i have yet to play it i was planning on playing i think it was EverQuest 2 with you all a while back but i just did not have the time or the bandwidth yeah, for time it. time
1: is an issue yeah
0: but um man i mean you gotta give it to him man it's still the game's still kicking it's still alive and kicking
2: wow 23 years and 29 expansions i was reading that's that's pretty epic and i remember back in the day you know getting my head busted as a <laughs> lowly wizard <laughs> so yeah i mean man this it's it's hard to believe it's still around but it's you know god bless
1: man my wife um she's not a gamer and she's just now starting to get she just started playing with me regularly at the beginning of december and i'll never forget because she tried with me when the world of warcraft movie came out years ago she tried warcraft oh, and she yeah. was like oh this is based on a movie and so i just got her the like whatever was the they had like a freebie intro pack thingy that you could download and she played it and then kind of had some fun then a couple of years later they did classic and i got her into classic and she immediately had the memories from a few years earlier when she had tried a game Tried classic And like the mobs were like just beating the shit out of her because it's such a different game. Right. And I'm like, I'm, there's a part of me that wants to go stick her in EverQuest now because she's been playing EverQuest 2 and now Lord of the Rings Online, which are very easy sort of modernized games. Right. Um. Stepping stones she, too. What it's like if she goes back and tries EverQuest, <laughs> you know, gets her face smashed in. <laughs> there is a certain... Perverse, uh, you know, pleasure from me as a veteran watching somebody have that happen to them because um, EverQuest was very hard. Back oh in yeah, the day. it yeah. still is. Like I've been doing a um, on and off series going through the. It's the. Uh, it's like the new intro series for EverQuest One called "The Minds of Glooming Deep," which is like a very handheld walkthrough. You get a mercenary and everything, and it's still hard as fuck. Like it's, man, I'm like six sessions in and I'm still probably only like halfway through the intro. It's like, this is, this is rough. Like it's still pretty tough even all these years later. Yeah,
0: uh, it's one of those games like back in the day, I, you know, it was World of Warcraft that I came across and I remember there was like videos and it was like uh, there was somebody back. I don't know, somebody actually watching or listening to this remembers this and let me know because uh, there was this video. Someone linked me back when I played WoW and it was like the story of jimmy it was like this little gnome mage or whatever <laughs> you know what i'm talking about and i was vaguely. watching vaguely it it's super funny right he's just going off about wow stuff and then at the very end it's the dig and at the very end he's like something about you know because ever quest sucks or whatever was like at the end of it and i was like I didn't even. I was like, "Watch out!" I was like, "What the fuck is EverQuest?" I didn't even know what EverQuest was back then. So now, with the context, I'm like, "Oh, the rivalry, rivalry, sure was real." It was
1: real as time. It was.
0: That's too funny, man. Oh shit, we got freaking itch.io, right? Isn't that
1: the place? Flat out came out, and we're like, "Yeah,
0: NFTs, piss off." I saw that, and I was like, you know, kind of, kind of feels good, man, to see that because. I don't know what your take is on on NFTs and stuff like that, Daedalus. But um, I can tell you, around here, a lot of us are like,
1: Ugh. skeptical is the best word to use. Yeah, um, right. Mm-hmm. And to watch all the scams. But I also noticed in the wake of that, because um, I started, I, I've started to dip my toes into Reddit, and um, I've been noticing <laughs> like there's there's been a couple of RPG. Uh, tabletop RPG sites that have come out and basically said the same thing that itch was saying. Like it just has no place in our art form and what we do. Um, it's just not a, it's yeah, we just, we're not going to do anything with it. It's not a viable business plan. Um, I feel like the only industries it's really relevant in right now are, um, like mmrpg gaming Mm. or or like some sort of the online multiplayer space is where it's really happening because people are using that as a tool to fund their games or to make more money in some ways um because you don't see it spreading beyond that other than like the angry gorillas or whatever it's called that all the celebrities are buying up which i feel like that's more of a that's more of a status thing at this point. Isn't it like, ape I don't. gang, right? i like something ape, board ape, maybe it's board ape.
0: Yeah, I don't um, know if it's that. I'm like, I was like, is it because of AMC? Because there's like the whole ape gang thing that they got going on behind that stuff. Oh, I or whatever. don't know. I'm like,
1: upset. Yeah.
0: There's ape, ape a lot. There's all kinds of ape stuff going on. I'm just like I'm, I can't differentiate between which is which. What's the damn difference, man? Like hashtag ape game. I'm like, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? What the hell, I'm clueless. I don't know what that means. Shout out to all the homies with the gifted subs and uh and the resubs in chat. Much appreciate everybody. Thank you. But yeah, I, NFTs to me are just that. Uh, just I don't. I'm like, get your limited edition art. I'm like, oh, isn't that what lithographs and shit are for? Like, there's like ten thousand made. You get the prints. They only exist in a certain quantity, and then they're never made again.
1: sign Yes. You know, also, like they're actually signed. Yeah. Like, I have a physical signature on it that that is something I can put on my wall. And like, I can touch, mm. I could feel like that's yeah. that's the thing for me. Um,
0: yeah. People are like NFTs are the future. I'm like, yeah, the future getting scammed by people because it's gonna, ha- it's already happening. I mean, look at that game Blockverse, man. I did a whole rant on that one recently. That was just like what the fuck.
1: Yeah, we're gonna pull our website and Twitter and everything offline, and then we're gonna come back a few days later. We promise it's not a scam. We just couldn't handle the heat, and we needed time to clear our heads and 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 figure out what was going on because there was too much hate coming at us it's like exactly exactly what a scammer says well not only that (laughs) i have a I have a hard time with people who um so this can tie into a a previous topic point that came up earlier in today's session as well as last week so when people do something in a bubble right, right and they don't ever accept outside criticism for anything and then they finally release something into the wild and then they're shocked when they get negative feedback about that thing, because they've only had people surrounding them for the past six or eight or nine months um, telling them so amazing because they're the friends, right? They're the friends and family who are like, oh, it's so cool that you're doing this. You're going to be successful. It's so amazing. They're never going to criticize because they're not there to criticize. They're there to be yes sure. men. And I feel like that ties into this a little bit, because whether you're talking about a video game project um, where it's being designed in a bubble, or you're talking about these NFTs. I feel like the NFT conversations are happening in a bubble um, where all the people on the inside of the bubble are talking about how amazing it's going to be and how rich we're all going to be. And everyone on the outside is like, are you fucking nuts? Like, what the hell? And like, if you're going to put something out in the public, like the, the broken cube dudes or whatever, they right. immediately take it all down because they can't handle the criticism. Right. Yes. That right there, like if you can't handle being criticized in public, then don't ever try to run a business or do anything Mm. other than be a wage slave for someone. Because the moment you try to be a creative individual in any space, you're going to have people who come and shit all over your work for good or for bad. You're also going to have people who are there to criticize, and this is very important, from a um, critical standpoint that can help you better your product or better what you're doing if you're willing to listen. Not everybody's a troll just because they want to you know obviously some are trolls but yeah, um, not
0: everybody you like, know
1: like the people who make fun of my thin eyebrows you're all fucking trolls um but everybody else you know I'll take constructive criticism any day of the week
0: <laughs> yeah and i, I got to and too it's like saying like there's i mean i agree too i saw the comment in chat from boshi though art is worth what people want to pay for it real or digital True. totally agree with that it's a completely fair point but my my discussion my discussion point specifically is that it's a lot like with Kickstarters, right? There's not enough protection for consumers, like the legal basis that needs to be there doesn't exist. And I say I say it needs to be there because like someone's got to hold people accountable when they do what we call stealing. Literally, theft is a crime here in the in the U.S. Right? It's it's a crime to steal from a person, right? But the thing is, is in these spaces that these there aren't laws and protective measures in place for people. And that's that's what I'm actually talking about is that issue, right? Because I can get NFTs inherently um, as a content creator and as someone who, you know, might want to promote my brand or my book in the future or any of the stuff and things I ever create as an artist or as a creative person. I could totally understand the way in which an NFT could help to expand upon your digital footprint and in a lot of ways, help to spread the word about your brand or product or service or whatever. Totally can understand that. That's actually, get it, right? I'm not at a place where it would actually be relevant for me, but even if I was utilizing that, I'd still have the same argument because those protective measures aren't in place like they need to be. And same issue with Kickstarters, right? Kickstarter games, look at this, look at the situation with Chronicles of Valyria right now. We come back to it. It's a case study for a reason.
1: Um, Not even just Kickstarter, but pre 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 order games in general. Yeah, absolutely. um,
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: it's 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 rife with really shady shit. Like some of it might be somewhat legitimate, and you just have people who are really ignorant of business doing running the show. But in other cases, it's people who are just blatantly out there trying to push the system as far as it'll go. It's like the guy mm. we talked about last week, that streamer who went out there and scammed his followers for oh, like five hundred thousand right. dollars worth of crypto, That's and what then I'm talking came, about. On, came on the show later and was like, Hey, "I warned him, like I told him that it was gonna that I was gonna do this, and they gave me their money anyway. So no, Truth. I'm not giving the money back. Like you were dumb enough to give it to me in the first place. I gotta watch out for me and my my people, like." Tough luck. Sucks to be you. Like, there are people out there yes. who are going to take advantage of that 100%. lack of of. Um, you, you just said the word, and I'm blanking on the lack. The lack of um,
0: protection, security, protection.
1: Yeah, there's a reason the FTC exists, ability, and yeah. they might be a little heavy-handed sometimes. Not the FTC, the SEC. Um, you know, because Elon Musk is constantly, basically, like, "fuck them," and and I get it to some right. degree because they will. You know, they do. They are heavy-handed with big corporations, little guys know, but that's one of the reasons we need oversight. Um, Not that I want government control per se, but oversight is a good thing to protect people from those fuckers who will rob you just because they can.
0: Oh, man. You know, every time I – this is just something I'm saying. This doesn't relate specifically to what what we're talking about right here, but every time I've made a video about this is – I'm not saying it's a scam game, but every time I've made a video about Camelot Unchained recently, dude, I feel so bad for that community. I feel so bad for this community because I've got people that are just dropping like I'll get messages from people. I had someone literally. I'm not kidding when I say this. You all know me. I don't I don't lie, regardless of what people out there want to say. I don't. And the truth is, is someone literally sent me footage Shout out to the homie, who will remain nameless, that sent me a video. They went on a te- testing weekend for Camelot Unchained. Dude, they ran around for 30 minutes. I actually watched it, and I'll, I'll be honest. It was actually enjoyable for a couple reasons. Because as a gamer who didn't back this game, I've been curious. What does it look like, right? Right. I mean, there were some really cool things in there. Like, you know, there was like this, you know, like hand that was like holding a uh, sword or whatever. You know what I mean? We know what that's about. The lady in the lake, right? The hand out of the water. And it was just like planted there. And it was like, it felt nostalgic. It felt cool, right? Because I love the Arthurian legend and the, the stories of Camelot and the Knights of the Round Table. And I even watched that sappy ass cartoon back in the day with like the guy in the golden thing or whatever. And he was like, King Arthur ran around and did all the things. It was, it was a good time. I love that stuff. I watched that. What was it the, uh, the newest King Arthur movie? The First. old one. Yeah.
1: Oh no, no, you're talking, sorry. You said movie. The, I was thinking ahead to the Netflix show. Yeah. The, the guy um, That's a
0: good show too. Yeah.
1: But the King Arthur legend of the sword, my wife and I have watched it like three times now. That is a That's phenomenal. Charlie Hunnam. I gotta yeah. Catch that. Oh, it's guy Richie um, dude. Who, it's who, guy Ritchie wrote and directed. Oh. it is so good who did, i love uh, his stuff
0: it was the one who oh my god the, the actor's name uh is escaping me it was around 2004 had um it was like here nightly and yes and, that one
1: and, and uh, uh, i know who you're talking his about name i can't is his me. Name i just either. watched it the other night uh, he was in children of children of man which is yes. another great science fiction movie oh my god I oh, oh, oh i know who you're name. talking about now um, he's a British okay. actor. Yeah. Oh, got to look it up. Now. This is killing yeah, me. me too. I do
0: not know his name. This is nuts. I've watched enough of his movies, man. He was in that one with Morgan Freeman. Clive Owen. Thank you. Clive, yeah, Clive Owen. Owen, Damn yeah, it, dude. Yeah. Anyway, that was a really good one. So I enjoy
1: it. Right. So that's Mickelson's in that one too. As, hey, it's, um, one, of, one the, of the nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the nights. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. So uh, good. Oh man. That's a good film. Mm,
0: I nerd out so hard to that. So my point is, sure. I love like this that. shit, right? Yeah, I mean, I can nerd about some King Arthur stuff all day, but I love, it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's good stuff, right? So I may not have backed the game, but it was cool. So I'm sitting here watching 30 minutes, and this dude's typing to me <laughs> and typing what he's wanting to say to me because he's not speaking, so he's just typing it. Homies, he ran around for 33 minutes in a test, and he never came across another person in that game to fight no exaggeration not one person
1: well if if i can play devil's advocate for for just a minute because having having been someone who was involved in the creation of an MORPG and and running an early access pre-alpha community for like five years getting into the alpha which we ran in april of 2020 um we, we opened the servers in 2015. So we ran those servers from September of 2015 until basically the end of 2000, uh, 2019. So, you know, four or five years there mm-hmm. of early access before we went into actual alpha. There is a certain percentage of your community who are just going to get tired mm-hmm. of the game not being out and so they're going to stop logging in because they're like i don't want to test anymore i actually just want to play the Mm -hmm. game so if all you're going to be doing is testing fuck off with that shit so that part of it i do get however i can also say and you know this, sim because you played saga with Lucemia when it was around even on our off days we had people playing there were still people running around not huge numbers but we still had an active community that were running around and logging in um when you're running around for 33 minutes and you don't ever see not even a single other person that is not good that's obviously not good
0: so i was like fascinated Yeah, and I was like running around and it was like, okay, visually it didn't look all that great. The UI looked good, but it was starting to look a little dated. It still looked good, but the point is it's a, it's in development, I wouldn't really judge that book by its cover, but I would, you know, I'm sitting here going all these eight years in development and it was dead. And it was like, it was a part of me that was like, hey, this feels really cool, but also this feels really sad. Because there's literally nobody there and they don't seem. I mean, there were still some bugs that we've seen. I, if I'm going to be fair here, I feel like Ash is an APOC and Ash is even an Alpha Zero. It felt like Ash is an Alpha Zero felt. Ash is a creation, right? But Alpha Zero was like, what was that? Three, I don't know, four years or something ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Something right. Four. Yeah, it oh my be God.
2: three years. Yeah, at least.
0: Yeah, okay, so that was like end of 2017 when I first mm-hmm. played oh, Alpha God. Zero, right? Like you just yeah, you wow. said something,
1: too, that just triggered was. something in my mind. Not not triggered me, like, some other stuff, but, like, you said something, some, um it's mm, sad. It is. And I feel like if you, I feel like that's a word that could be applied to numerous mm. early access pre-alpha uh, yeah. in-development MMORPG titles right now that have been, doing this thing for five six seven years and it's just kind of sad the state of affairs for a lot of these games um for whatever reason i mean there's reasons for everything we don't necessarily know all the reasons for every project but True. it is sad when you see something like that because game and chain is another game that has had tens of millions of dollars poured into it and yet here we are 10 years later or whatever mm. we still don't have anything and it doesn't appear that there's anyone playing it now yeah I've had, that is unfortunate
0: i've had so many people that have been messaging me from that community so if any of them make their way to the show shout out to all of y'all because they've helped catch me up uh up to speed essentially on like some of the things that have been going on because we know they had that game they were trying to launch on the side and that didn't go very well the Ragnarok oh, it game. Bombed on steam it, it bombed the community was not happy with it i mean i've talked about it a lot about how that they need pr in there i mean i actually think that if they got somebody in place to to really like work in between the community. And according to the community, they're telling me the community manager's been gone. They haven't got a new one. Um, it's just it hasn't been looking good. People have been asking for refunds, uh, requests back since like 2020, and they still haven't been honored, even though they, you know, Mark Jacobs was saying that they would, and I think he's processing them. Uh, according to people, he's been processing those individually on his own, so he's also having to do that by himself, one at a time. So, I mean, that's going to be part of like why that can kind of take that, place though, like that. But
1: at least he's even if it may be taking people time to get their money True. back, at least he's offering refunds. For yeah, because there are other games that refuse to offer refunds and have done bait-and-switch tactics and all this other stuff, and they've just flat-out refused Mm -hmm. to give people their money back. So at the very least, I will say, as long as he's actually doing that, Yeah. Um, but I would also say it might be a case of you know the reason it's taking so long is because they probably just don't have the money. Yeah. And or there are lots, and he may be having to refund that out of his personal stash. We never know. Like
0: I have had people say that they've gotten them already. So to be fair, it's not everybody saying no one's getting that back. Some are, um, but there are still a lot that have not. The majority that have again, this is a very small, we we don't know the percentage here of, of people, right? I don't know numbers. I just know based on the individuals who've reached out to me, which isn't many, and it's also, you know, what what cutout is that representative of the overall population of people that have made the request and have not gotten it back yet? So um, the point is, is that, you know, the majority of the people who have reached out to me out of those individuals, uh, the ma- yeah, the majority has not gotten back uh, any feedback yet. So we're talking a couple years now. Um, you know, like a year and a half to two years. So that's it, a little long to get a refund. It, like, it is. So every I, month, I
1: can understand, but yeah. a year and a half, two years, yeah, yeah. And the and the reason
0: talking about that test that I saw is important is because it confirms what people were leaving comments on for me, which was that tests were dead. There was nobody to fight. Um, it's like a ghost town. And and I can vouch based on what I've seen, which again, it was someone leaked it to me. They'll remain nameless, but that individual, it, you know, it, it solidified that that is true, based on that test. So, it's unfortunate. It was very unfortunate because that was one of the games that I was like, I definitely believe they were going to get there, and now I, uh, I really don't know. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if that's that game's got a chance anymore. And I, and I don't necessarily think it's because of the choice that was made. Uh, specifically for Ragnarok. I think that definitely negatively impacted it, but I think as a result of how that was handled and how they engaged with their community and the greater MMORPG audience as a result of that is a big part of why that didn't go well. And then continued to have a lack of engagement as, as things have continued since then. I think that's also a big part of the reason um, that this is not looking good for the future because um, nothing's there to change this. No one's getting in place to really like become more communicative and engage with the community and like bolster them around testing or anything that I'm aware of. and no one's telling me otherwise yet either.
1: so you've you've yeah. you've dug into it more than I have in the past yeah. few weeks. Um, there are they still doing live streams and at least showing? i think you said last week they are still doing live streams but they're still so kudos to them at the very least they are continuing to show that they actually do have something they're working on which is more than we can say for a lot of other games that have spent nine months or so or more in absolute silence not showing anything so they're at the very least putting things out there to receive criticism from from interested parties Mm -hmm. um but Mm -hmm. i also think this goes back to something we've talked on the show about which is um I feel like these indie MMOs that people are trying to build with teams of less than 30 people just take so fucking long that the industry moves on without them. Yeah. It's like in 10 years, like it was hot and cool, and everyone was interested in it 10 years ago. But now we've seen, and I said this, I am not an Ashes of Creation supporter because I don't like PVP, mm-hmm. but I do think what they're doing is very interesting. Absolutely. And I, I called this like three, four weeks ago on the show when I said that it kind of sucks too when you've got Ashes of Creation coming out in Unreal and just like bitch slapping them in the face with look at how many it's characters true. we've got on screen. They kind of dropped the hammer on own, Yeah, you've been trying to build your yeah. own engine for 10 years. Like, you know, at some point, it's it's also got to feel disheartening not only to the team building it but also to the community members to see this other game that's also a massive pvp game mm-hmm. doing it yeah instead of spending all this time spinning the wheels to build an engine when they should have just taken something made it work and gotten a product out the door like uh there's I, i'm again i'm criticizing without being on the inside but you know i feel like my constr- criticism is constructive in a way because yeah maybe 10 years ago the only viable option was to build an engine and now they've just they're, they're they made that bed and they have to sleep in it because they put so many millions into it they can't just turn around and be like well we're going to port everything over to unreal 5 now wait uh, wait for us to take 2 years to do that
0: like oh, man. Uh, i'm like dude you know and they and ashes has the the support of epic games i mean this you, you know the unreal engine has been around for a long ass time now it's been i mean you're talking about just polishing and refining something that's been like has proven to just kick ass in games i mean there's more games than i can even reference right now i mean everything from shooters to to rpgs open world M- rpgs mmorpgs now you know it's just You know, and they've got that support, whereas Camelot just does not. It's it's literally Mark Jacobs and his vision and the engine, and he's so focused on it. I I don't know that the engine itself is even going to get, you know. It almost feels like if they can just get the engine squared away, then they'll have that.
1: Well, I know that's what... um... Artcraft or whatever their state, that game, the company who made Crowfall, that was, that was part of their
0: yeah.
1: whole spiel was we built the engine for Crowfall. And now we're going to use that engine to sell and we're going to make other products on that engine, but they mm. actually were able to pull off that engine True. creation in a short amount of time. Whereas CU has been 10, 10, 11 years now, and it still isn't out. I also feel like we're so far into it now that looking at how amazing unreal five is, I just don't think that any homebrewed engine is gonna cut it. I don't know when you either. Look yeah. at what you can do with Unreal Five, which is not mm-hmm. just for games anymore. I mean, the whole Mandalorian show, all the Star Wars Disney Plus shows now, yep. Obi-Wan, Kenobi, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, those are all filmed using Unreal on the huge 360 screen that they've got. They don't have to build sets anymore. Like Unreal is just crushing it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, why would you even
0: why Eastern would you even do time. that yeah, yeah exactly when, and it's not like they it's not like when you use unreal i mean it's you've got to make like a million first before they even take a cut and then it's only like five percent
1: well obviously that's also that's that's so i'd love to talk
0: briefly yeah, about
1: that because that's sure. the general thing that they have in place for everyone but you can negotiate your own deal with them if you have a you know, all you have to do is pitch them. Mm-hmm. And if you have a big enough so I'm assuming Ashes of Creation probably have their own deal with them,
0: which well, sure. may
1: look something completely different. But for little guys like me, so my brother and I and my wife, you know, working on this little project now that we've got with the Weave in the Void. The mm-hmm. cool thing about that is like I can go out and publish that game, the point and click component. They only want a cut of the revenue from that game if it crosses the million dollar threshold, and they only take 5%. They don't give a shit about the revenue from the tabletop games, the revenue from the Patreon, the revenue from the sales. They only care about the revenue from the video game product itself. So I can create this like what we're doing. I can create a multimedia world with multiple products that are being sold around this universe, and Unreal doesn't care about any of it. They're like, we just want a cut of that video game property. Yep. And they were cool. And then like for three people like the re, the possibility of that we're going to sell a million dollars in sales for a point and click game probably not going to happen, but it also means that we could theoretically sell anywhere from $75,000 up to $350,000 of copies realistically for three people doing marketing and everything else. And we get to keep all that revenue without having to pay any Revenue share or commissions to Mm -hmm. them. Obviously, we pay our taxes and everything else. And then the cool thing is, they even tell you, like, they're like, and if you choose to publish on the Epic Store, we're not going to charge you the 12% plus five. We're just going to consider that five percent part of the 12 that we would already take for someone hosting a game on the Epic Game Store. So, if you sell it on your own, you only owe them five percent. If you sell it through their store, you only owe 12. You don't owe 17. So, I feel like Unreal especially with their Epic um, mega grants and everything else. I mean, a lot of indie people like to go, Oh, unity is so amazing. Unity Um, is doing cool things. I worked in unity for seven years. I'm not going to knock on unity, but unreal is like a different level. It's just a
0: different, yeah, it's a different, it's a different engine entirely though. I mean, yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different uh, pros and cons for both. But I mean, you think about it, you, you got to hit like a million before they even cut in.
1: And even then it's, it's only 5%. Like that's, that's, that's not
0: dropping the bucket and you didn't like, have to do anything. And not to mention, I, I like recently bought this uh, course, right. It's like 30 some hours of like unreal development course or whatever. Just cause like, you know, there's like things I've talked about with you and other people yeah. about like select few people. Like there's reasons that it would be beneficial. I've, it, and I mean, it's just—I'm not going to say it's—it's it's easy, but it's—I feel like it's one of the more user-friendly uh, like engines to especially like, especially because into. there's so much
1: documentation. Yes, not—not not just they've got documentation on the Unreal site. Yep. They've also got documentation. You can go to like I—I I like Udemy. I've got yeah, uh, great. I take courses in Udemy. Same. There's also YouTube tutorials. Yep. Like you can find so much where of them. It's just now in the last few years, there's lots of stuff on on. the unity engine but with unreal there's just been there's tons of stuff forever i love the unreal university i think it's really cool what they've done there on their own website to teach you um and get certifications and everything else i think that's a cool little program
0: yeah i do too i just think there's so many things you can do with it and blender is pretty bad badass as well for is this blender and and unreal for me are like the they're the ones that just resonate for me if i was ever going to do something and
1: yeah, Blender, I mean, cool things you can do. Maya is definitely more advanced than Blender, but Blender yeah. has gotten so much better over the years. Yeah. Like, I'm not even an artist, and I have learned how to do things in yep. Blender in terms of meshes and stuff. Making objects stuff. and meshes and, and yeah. making an actual 3D object oh, to yeah. get into the game. And I'm not an artist. Like, it's not that difficult. It's just time consuming to mm-hmm. learn how to do all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I got a lot of love for those two. Um, anyway, speaking of uh, games, have you all heard of this one, um, Into the Echo?
1: I've vaguely, it's on my radar because it's another MMORPG project that's in the works. But that's as far as I'll go—is that it's on yeah. the radar as a potential game.
0: Yeah, I chat about it recently, and I kind of looked into it. It's um, it's interesting. It, it's it's a basically relating to like time, like. Time time travel sort of like I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing here, but they're they're definitely they definitely have got some pillars on their side about how um, to them it's important that there's like a toxic free workplace slash gaming community environment. Um, they um, have this like wheel and hub sort of like uh, like a philosophy to I think how they're designing their game. Um, it, it looks aesthetically is pretty uh, it's pretty cool from an aesthetic perspective, but it it is an interesting game, and it's good to see that there's another one out there. I haven't seen them trying to crowdfund it or anything, anything like that. Um, it sounds like they, at least at this time, have... A focus to try to bring some sort of a product or some sort of a presentable product or something to to the people before they really you know even talk about any of that so it's, it is very curious i'm curious where they're going to be going um but i gotta you know i gotta give them hammers up uh, the ideas are different the time travel elements not something we really see in mmorpgs specifically it still seems like it has like a, a magic and fantasy element to it so i that's really the the main gist of it that's what i've gotten that's the long and short you can clearly look into it a little bit more but i'm curious where they're going to be going with that game um
2: yeah me too i did actually
0: yeah hold on let me post it i I recently um
2: i recently saw your video on that and i was actually pretty intrigued and i went to sign up for the pre-alpha because i'm Mm -hmm. kind of a nut for anything time travel Um, and obviously you know they they released a trailer it's a cgi trailer so we're not really getting to see anything about the game but i do like the ideas i do like the vision i'd be interested to see what shakes out and hopefully um you know be able to try it in its pre-alpha state Hmm. because it does seem like an an interesting idea where yeah. they're looking at progression and like a come i would say in a, in a different light i mean it's not to say it's mm. a new light because they do mention a few times hey these ideas we have aren't new we're mm. just trying to put our own flavor and spin on it so i think that it's good i mean i'm always a fan of new stuff in the mmo space and like breaking the mold i mean that's why I really got into Ashes of Creation cool. is it wasn't necessarily totally new ideas, but it was it looked like it improved on what was maybe, you know, some gaps in prior. So I do see this one is something to watch. Uh, and and I did really kind of enjoy reading a little bit about the philosophy. And it did make me think, you know, the d- traditional MMO definitely is dated there's opportunity to improve upon it, and it, it's a gamble, right? It could be really good. It could not pan out, but it's interesting that the fact that they're they're going for something, that's a new spin, and, and I do like that. And mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see how that
1: shakes out. The one thing that – um because I've looked at I also signed up for the pre-off. I was intrigued enough yeah, to go same. like, hey, I, I wouldn't mind playing this. Check it the out, one yeah. thing I will say that they have going for them, which is not enough to base – any sort of hype around a game around it. Ha- they have some of the coolest concept art I have seen in a very long time coming out around their project. If you go to their discord mm. and on their social media channels, like they have some really cool concept art. Um, so kudos to the concept artists. Again, that doesn't mean the game is right. going to be good. It doesn't mean that the game's even going to look like the concept art, mm. but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for like cool concept art. Like when Chris and I were binging, um, Boba Fett last night um one of the things that we both appreciate which they did in the Mandalorian as well is that the credits at the end they'll show you 20 30 pieces of concept art that went into the production and it doesn't look exactly what what you saw on screen it's definitely a piece of concept art that was just an inspiration for the set designers and the costume creators and and you know everything else that went into it but I love concept art. So that's the one thing I can say about Into the Echo is that they have really good concept art. And if they can yeah. pull that off and get that visual element into the game, um, that that goes a step into h- helping, for me anyway, sell a game. But it's not the only thing. I know we're going to talk about this game in a minute also. That was one of the things with like uh, oh, Lost man. Ark was like, I love the artwork, but ultimately, the gameplay mm-hmm. for me was not enough to make me interested. But that visually getting into Lost Ark and playing that game, I was like, man, these landscapes are really amazing. So hopefully End of the Echo can back up the concept art and the visuals with, because you're right. It's a really interesting spin. And I mean, have we even ever seen an MMO that does time travel ever? I don't think (sighs) that that I'm aware
0: of. Not that I'm aware of. of yeah so that could be really cool it's curious i definitely signed up for it as well it's it's one of those things it's interesting to talk about it it's interesting ideas it's all great it's a great it's a great story it's a great presentation but we got to see it we got to actually and see they pull it. it off yeah if they pull it off then you know that'd be great it'd be good for the genre we need we need more those. have they
1: showed any um like npcs or mm. things or is it still just like it's
0: mostly concept stuff yeah not that i've okay. seen and then the the, the t- teaser trailer obviously or whatever but Which is CGI? yeah and that's there's that's not enough to go off of that'd be like wayward realms or any of these other games where you see that and or vowed where you see the the game trailer and it's like oh it's really cool but that's that's put it completely off to the side because you don't really know what you're going to get until you. The only thing we got with Avoud at
1: least, is at the very end of the Avowed yeah. trailer, you at least got that moment where he's in the cave and he's got the sword yeah. and he's weaving his spell and there's something coming down that cavern tunnel. That was that's a pretty cool way to end a trailer. And right? it is that's first person, so it is an accurate yeah. perspective
0: of what they're kind of going for. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, true. So. All right. So speaking of Lost Ark, okay. I mean, we. This is not the the big one. We're 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 here now. <laughs> we've been in this for a little bit. The big discussion is gonna. I don't know. There's a question mark on how long that was gonna go. But that's why I saved the best for last because that one's gonna be something else. But in, until we get to it, we'll just post this link to Lost Ark. Um, people have been asking me about it. Why? You know, I I was uh, you know in the creator group for that because I signed up for it. It looked great. Early on, I did the test for it when they had it and I wasn't really I wasn't feeling it um, you know it, it's tricky with games like that or Diablo because from my perspective um, you really for me, I need the narrative to be there something that breaks apart the way that I'm in I'm in, engaging in the uh, the world or the story overall, which is from that top-down perspective and I prefer a world in front of me. Like, I need that in front of me. I want to see the world, the landscape. I want to put my camera around and look up at things. And you know what I mean? I want to, that for me is a big element of immersion. So if you don't give that to me, then, you know, aesthetically, it needs to look good, which Lost Ark does, um, you know? And I, if I see some area, I want to travel it, which is part of the problem. And even in the, the, the area, the little pre prelude area the prologue area or whatever you want to call it um not prelude but prologue the prologue area when you're doing that it's like you get down there and you see this really cool landscape and you're like let's go journey there but really i just boop, i'm all of a sudden in that building that cool area i didn't get to enjoy running up on it traveling the path i saw um well, and sad,
1: yeah that was really annoying dude. yes like, it was just, like the, the first narrative, intro the yeah, intro you narrative out, yeah Yeah, you come out and you go off on that cliff and then the whole landscape and then the camera pans out. You see this amazing lost city unfolding for you and then Mm -hmm. you're down in the city in some random location. It's like, what the fuck? Like I was ready to go like running down the stairs and like all the nooks and crannies. Mm -hmm. And you just took all of that away from me. Ah. Even
0: even before that, too. Right. That just reinforced upon the other part, which was what am I doing here? You yeah. hear me say this all the time. What's the vision? What's the what's the story? Why am I here? Who am I? What's my place in this? And you get this like super generic sort of thing in the in the in the freaking beginning. And it's like, oh, divine one and all this stuff. Yeah, and oh, I, and it, then you go forward me. and then you teleport. I'm like, this is just like
1: they lost me immediately because I did try uh, the, the. What was it? Closed, closed beta or open beta? Yeah, open beta. You could
0: you could stream it or whatever. So it was open. Yeah, but and yeah. so I was
1: like, I'll try it because it visually it looks good. And I got into it, and as soon as I started being told that I was the chosen one, yep. the destined one from an angel with wings, I was like, All right, I'm already. You've already lost me with the story. Then we get in, and the combat is very Diablo style, which I'm okay with that. I was on a controller, and I'm like, I could. It's not my favorite style of combat, but I could live with it. But the teleportation, and you've taken now you've taken the exploration away from me, and you've taken the why am I here away from me. And then when you get into the camps, and you're doing these these uh, dialogue sequences, the 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 writing was some of the worst I have ever. And obviously, it's a port. It is a port. You're going to lose something in translation. But the voice acting and everything was just so bad. I was like, Mm. it doesn't matter how good the visuals are. You've lost me with the story. You've lost me with the writing. You've lost me with the bad narrative, the bad voice acting. You've taken the exploration. You've taken my player agency away at that point. And now I have no reason to play your game because all you're doing is you're forcing me into specific boss encounters. And that to me is just boring. So it's getting good numbers, but I always come back to most yeah, important it's element. It's
0: gonna be successful. I mean player
1: retention. It player was retention. already
0: successful before it launched, you know. Yeah. For English users, like and over here in the NA. It was already successful. And it continue, It will continue to be. I have no doubt of that. It just isn't for me. And it was like even even if you go, oh, you're the chosen one and all that, Like the, even that was disconnected. Because then when you jump in and you start playing your character, I didn't feel like there was any connection to that whole little blurb in the very beginning to when I actually started playing my character or what that even meant or how that connected I me to the world that, with those people. They didn't,
1: they didn't even get to that because once you get beyond the intro you're just dumped now you're exploring for the sake of exploring and you're following that captain dude who's like we got to go into these ruins and do this thing because reasons and wait a second but i was told that i was here because of i'm the chosen one and i gotta find these arcs and what like what yeah yeah yeah.
0: story doesn't even make sense homie what's going on here question marks all around yeah not hammers up question marks hammers down actually but for me
1: for me, did they have campfires in those camps in uh, Lost Ark?
0: Uh, not, I don't know. Sorry. Are just... they Ember Rings? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. This is name is something else and just completely talk about it. like it's a new element to our game and it's been there for two years. I don't know what the it's a reference point. Nathan's video, mine, it'll make sense. We'll, we'll get there, friends. But geez, it just. That, that kind of stuff just anyway i'll put it to the side because i could sit here and just lose my shit about how i think what i think about that and go into a whole different world of sim rants but i won't do it instead
1: yeah good comment and chat real quick that yeah, i want to touch on before we go um absolutely zod says all the people that stopped playing new world will play lost Ark for a month or two sure. and quit. amazon is crushing it with all these mmr releases he's not wrong because even True. if these i said this in the beginning even though Selling the it. population for new world has dropped to 50 sixty thousand yep. they still have 50 60 000 people playing that game so if they can pull the same thing off of lost ark now they've got a hundred thousand people playing two different mmorpgs that is a solid number to keep yep. a healthy revenue stream yes. coming in which and return on investment you, and your roi's already been hit with box sales so
0: yeah it's true you know it's from what perspective are you gauging success success right you know it's did they sell it did they launch it did they get the money did they get that return on investment for new world yep will they on lost ark yes with even less cost to them because they're just publishing it and then on you know on top of that you've got that continued gameplay yeah Dark Lord. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about this one this one popped up recently though and i was like what is this like it's interesting if you i don't know if you all watched the video or not So we know that there's like the Hogwarts Legacy open world action based RPG that's coming out.
1: I've not mm-hmm. seen this. This, Hold up.
0: this was a new, yeah, this is like as of today, I think new news. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Harry Potter Magic Awakened announced will blend collectible card game with RPG and MMO elements so when i look at it this kind of gives me um <laughs> i don't i don't know but this gives me like slay the spire darkest dungeon sort of eyes when i look at it a little bit um so i need to do a little bit more but it, this is it does look like NetEase is on that list of i see it, it net in there um it, it looks good it looks interesting i'm curious what they're going for here long term um, i'm like
1: 99 percent that's gonna be a mobile game though considering pretty
0: positive too yeah, I see net ease. I think mobile, that's a pretty clear indicator for me. Um, looks like they got over 500,000 signups for the first milestone. I mean, we talked about recently, I'm looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Hogwarts oh, Legacy. Man. Absolutely. This one, yeah. Not so much, but it's still cool when you see this. Don't we have phones? I know. I mean, it's the same thing with the Avatar mobile game that was like, I'm cool and I'm interested in stuff in your IP that's going to be. I'll even say console. I don't I probably won't play it on console, but if I can play an open world RPG or something like that, I'm probably gonna give it a shot because I like the IP. But when it
1: hits the phone,
0: I'm probably not i'm probably not. I'm
1: i've only had it. one game that i've ever kept on my phone it yeah. is star wars galaxy of heroes i still play it every day i'm probably three years into it now i don't pay any money for it it's literally something that i spend 30 minutes a day about 15 20 minutes in the morning 10 or 15 minutes at night the only reason i like it is because i get to play all of the star wars characters and but there's no story to it it's literally just mindless you get together a party of like six characters and you go grind combat encounters it's it's i honestly the only reason I think I keep it on my phone is because it's Star Wars and I like Star Wars stuff. But I would love like – I would love – there was a Star Wars RPG that they tried to do for mobile and tablet. I can't remember what it was called like three or four years ago. Or it was one of those ones where you would – you held your finger down on the screen to like move the character around and then you had like three abilities that you could trigger. And it actually had storylines for the missions. And it was – I thought it was a lot of fun, but it just – it didn't work and they canceled it after a few years wow. um i don't i didn't even I, hear about that yeah i don't you know bet. what that was yeah i mean it, it's it's possible but i just i am never going to be able to want i'm never going to want to play an rpg on this little screen i'm going to want to play yeah. an rpg either on my at the comfort of my desk or like i've told you guys before i love my console like i love being able to sprawl on the couch so, uh, with the 50 yeah. screen tv and just like go crazy for six hours and and be there in my boxers and just be like you know and and mm. it's fun you know but uh a phone is not the same thing unfortunately
0: yeah i feel yeah, i totally agree i'll oh, go on a <laughs> i
1: i can't get
2: in i can't get into a game if it's on the phone i mean i might like i've definitely played mobile games before and i've had fun with them but it definitely never lasts cuz i just feel like with you know, something that's on a desktop or a console, it, there's there's just, you know, it, it's a bigger platform to do more with it versus the sound bite type of activity you may have in
1: a, that's mobile. a good way to describe it. Good, I also yeah. think for me, visually, there's something about screen space that makes me immersed in things. And this Same. is weird because yes. I, I have not yet been able to get into VR yet because I don't feel like VR is there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like we're getting close but I like, like, that's one of the reasons I love the console experience is because I can have a big screen and I can be in it, if that makes sense. Whereas it's really hard because this only fills up so much of my field of view. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much here. Whereas if I'm on the monitor, you know, I'm I'm here, you know, or if I'm on the TV, I'm, I'm Just, there for there. Yeah. And there is an aspect to that, which is mm-hmm. why IMAX is such a great theater experience or cinema experience, I should True. say.
0: True. IMAX is so same cool. thing but for me.
1: When Avatar mm. came out, that was the only movie I've seen in 3D where I was actually like, "This is so cool!" Like the 3D was actually really good, and mm-hmm. that was ten years ago. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what the new Avatars films are gonna pull out of their hat for 3D. Mm. Yeah,
0: it,
2: that 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 was one of my most memorable 3D
1: experiences in a. Uh, I got nauseous, man. Like. <laughs> There's that one part when he jumps up in the tree and they're like looking down and it's just like vast yeah. open cliffs and I'm like oh, I'm gonna shit myself like, <laughs>
0: like bad You're like I'm gonna I'm hurl like, <laughs> oh man God that uh, freaking Avatar is such a good such a good movie man you know the only game that I played mobile that I still play. You know which I've I haven't as much recently it's it's also it's it's Gwen so it's a card game so it's like it's not the same sort of thing right I, I in in RPG or something if if the world's there like I want to I want my face in it man I want to feel like I'm looking at this panoramic's great I mean the day that we get to VR is going to be fantastic but that's the thing for me which is also why I like a lot of isometric games and things of that nature don't really really work so great for me um, I can still appreciate them, but then I get the break from like in Diablo, for example, right? You get those really badass like cutscenes and cinematics and you're like, shit. You know what I mean? So having that periodically put in in into the um, chapters and things like that, for me, totally, totally rocks it. Speaking of an actual uh, Blizzard, right, they have this creating an unannounced game within an established IP. So I, I don't, I don't know that I think that this is going to be because we talked recently about how they were doing um, they were doing a a survival game or whatever, but it's a completely different journey. So for that, to me, it's not it's not in an established IP. So I think this is something different. And I am very curious what it is, because when you think about established IP, I think Diablo, I don't think it would be Diablo. I feel like Diablo has got it. They're. I feel like the kind I of. I almost feel out enough. When
1: is when is Overwatch two coming out? I don't know. Because um, if yeah. I had to put money on it, I would say it's for the um, yeah. Overwatch two. Yeah, I, I would. I, I feel like they're trying to come up with narrative for that. Um,
0: Ooh, what if it was a StarCraft MMO or something? That'd be crazy, dude. They actually did. That. What if Starcraft it's WoW two? <laughs> I mean, oh my god, think. dude! If it was, I feel. What? I feel like
1: if if either of those two were real, though they would have a lot more job listings
0: true story
1: for, for yeah, people that they're on true um, they maybe they have internally they've moved a bunch of people over and we just don't know about it like mm-hmm. that's it that's, that's mm. but um the mm. mobile while mobile they've they've made it to where you can cross
0: which what do you think about this data list they're doing the cross uh, alliance thing now i mean like finally for world of warcraft like what you took too long. Other people beat you to it like one Tamriel got there years ago. You all should have hit capitalized it on this way, way back. Like, I don't know, probably before they started doing the cross realm shit. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't even know what to say. I mean, I got, oh. you know, tremendously burned out from WoW for reasons. And, mm-hmm. and I just honestly, I feel like I just scroll past any news about it but i did hear that Mm. cross-faction bit and and i know a lot of people are like hey that's cool i don't think it makes sense right it it just matters at this point yeah the thing is exactly right i mean it doesn't matter but i think you know for many years like if you really wanted to create some Mm. sort of identity and meaningfulness around pvp Mm -hmm. is cross-faction really the way to go yeah and i just always felt like this is just another nail in the coffin in terms of how wow has homogenized its experience over time it's like they'll just do whatever's popular in order to make more money right (laughs) whereas the first like where's the like when wow came out like I mean I went from, you Let's know, go, Ultima Online. I went to Let's Ultima go. Online to EverQuest to, you know, City <laughs> of Heroes, right? And then I was like, okay, wow, hey, wow, wow it was fun. I had my my fun times in it, right? But now I just feel like it's such a watered down experience. And and what Runfail said earlier in the podcast totally made me think of. It. It's like and it, it's it's hard being so young when I was You know, playing WoW, like initially, and where I am now in my life, I feel like that crazy old man that says, you don't know how it was back in Vanilla, right? But it's exactly (laughs) that experience.
0: Let it out, bro. It's like it's so,
2: there's shit that's so easy. I just remember grinding (laughs) for days on things. That have no flipping meaning now, and it's like, <laughs> why do you do that? And this is this is not just Wow, right? Because yes. Wow wasn't just to blame. Right. There's a lot of developers that are like, oh, we got to make this shit easier, or we got to make it, you know, a lot more uh, mainstream, so we can make more money. As opposed to having a vision, walking the line, getting feedback, maybe improving the game slightly, but not, you know, not fucking your core, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. So that this is like this is why I think I left and came back and left and came yep. back. Wow, so many times over the years because they had one nugget that got me interested again, True. and then and then they turned around and screwed me over, right? Again. And I was like, "F this stuff. I'm I'm just <laughs> waiting till the next expansion just to reset and see what happens." Yep. But you know, now I've gotten to a point where. I don't know that I'll ever be back.
0: There's no, there's My, uh... no next expansion for me. I. I... Past that, Legion was it? I was like, never again. Until you listen, until you listen to us. At least listen to us and listen what we're saying and do something with it. Something. It's like the same thing that happens with these games development. You see her and you give them feedback. You talk about it. You discuss the issues. They don't do shit. They just do what they can do to sell you on more of their bullshit to keep you locked in this fucked up cycle like a hamster on a wheel, chipping away at the bit, aging until you croak on the damn thing pumping out the money for their coin per- so they can line in their wallets that's literally what it is it's the same shit every day and it's 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 the road most traveled right
1: the the rage quit moment you just enduring okay. your Triggered rant me too. by my brother <laughs> you said something that my brother resonated with because he's not as old as, as the three of us are um my brother's uh just now hitting 30 so he's like 13 years younger than oh, me oh man yeah and but his moment came because you said something about grinding for weeks and months on these things that are now longer over. Long, long. His rage quit moment was in Star Wars Republic back in the day when your companions used to be a specific oh, thing. It was a, yes. a tank pet or a healer yes. pet. Or and they could wear the same gear that you could wear. Yes. So you could deck your right. companion out in a badass set of healer gear. And like they would you. be as good as another healer, right? right. Yeah. And they would be just like you. And so my brother spent months and millions of credits like decking all of his companions back. He goes away for a weekend to visit the family, right? He's in college, goes home, comes back, and they had done the patch where they stripped out all the companion classes and made them all generic so that you could pick the class that your companion was. And they got rid of companion gear, so it was now just cosmetic. And he literally went – and just quit oh the game. Oh my god. He just spent all those months grinding
0: for oh. them to say,
1: No 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 no, we gotta make it easy now because that's what's gonna make more money. And oh, so no. fuck you, yeah. players. They oh, did that shit to
0: tour, dude. I'm so yeah. glad yeah. I left before that bullshit happened, dude. I would have yeah. lost it.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: I would have needed a new PC and monitor. That <laughs> yeah, that was kind of,
0: it <laughs> like, just, just done, freaking done. Last we <laughs> saw of Sim was a, a <laughs> scattered, <laughs> still image. We believe was frozen from at the end when he smashed his computer. Holy hell, dude! That game was so good at launch, man. I like rolled the shit oh. out of stuff, man.
2: Oh, I love this story in that God. game. And I played like all played sorts of the characters shit. in it. And yeah. in
1: defense, in the defense of Star Wars Republic, it still is a very fun mm. single-player Bioware story-driven game if you want that Star Wars experience. But it is not the game that launched. The game that launched is a piece Amazing. of history now. It's, it's a moment Fucking in time. We don't even get – they don't even give us legendary servers for that. Oh, no. It's just there in our memories. But at the launch of that game, it was a group-based MMORPG where you had to have groups do the flashpoints. You couldn't do it with a robot that you can now. Operations and shit. companions – yeah, your operations, your companions had gear. They were just like another player character. were awesome.
0: Um, You could make them look like you wanted.
1: Yeah, you could make them look exactly like you wanted and give them crafted gear and all this stuff. And then they homogenized it and made it this – we got to make as much money as possible. Right.
0: Meaningfully um, how you wanted them to be that function, like sure. the function, too, because you could like create a you could have like your, your lightsaber and like put your gem in, have the gem make the the light like the lightsaber. Exactly. I, I loved like the it was you can like you'll do that. But yeah. It's not. But it's only for you now. Yeah, exactly. But you could do that for like your your homie too, and you could make it look. You could literally, however, I envision my companion being. So the uniqueness that made that that system so good, they just dropped the fucking hammer on it too. One of the coolest things you had in your game, right? Like it was like what they did with like uh with PVP and shit man. Like I got done like I got Battlemaster was doing like the hardest content. Defeated Soa, anybody remember Soa? That crazy mm-hmm. ass alien man. My my guild freaking finished that on the hardest mode ahead of most guilds before they patched it when you literally had the invisible orbs flying around and the platforms on the way down that wouldn't be there. And it was roll of the dice. You were literally fighting this guy with crazy difficulty and RNG on whether or not shit was going to show up for you or not. And when we finally, after beating our heads into the wall enough times, week after week after week after week, achieved this, they fixed it. And then they dropped the Ra'gul patch on us. That sucked. And we didn't have shit to do. I was sitting there with the battle master. I defeated all the hardest shit and they gave me this dungeon and then a run around. I was like, Oh no, why does this feel like the beginning of the end? And then server merges started happening. And I was like, Oh fuck, because it is. Oh no. (laughs) Oh, but it was such a good time while it lasted dude. Oh, I loved it. Such a good out of, I've, have not played a lot of star Wars games, but that one out of games period, regardless of it being an MMO was just one of my favorite game experiences i've had until that happened
1: and and my brother and i go back to it every year and play for a few months um it's still a lot of fun but it's not we don't we don't even look back anymore it's more like hey do you want to have some star wars fun for the next few months yeah we've done lord of the rings we've done because we have our games that we rotate through every Every year and lotro and star wars of the public are the two the two games that my brother and i have played every year together since they both launched we go back each year for about three months and we usually pick up a block of a subscription for three months and then just play and it's fun, but it's not, it's not what it was at launch at all. Unfortunately,
0: well, we got some rants in here tonight, Didn't we homies? God, it was felt good. It feels a little bit like therapy. Doesn't it? You're just getting it out. You're it like oh, bullshit we put up with. Right. And they take something beautiful. They take something that's working. It, the worst thing is when they get it right. And you feel like it's in a good space instead of just leaving it the fuck alone. They got to keep fucking with it, like when they fucking get their tinkering with it. Yeah, it's like sure. leave it alone. ESO had a point where it was there too, and I was like, leave it alone. Don't fuck with it anymore. Leave it right there, right? And, yeah, and I think
1: and, it's uh, for, and, and who knows? the Warcraft it's too, it's like creative of directors or whatever. But I think a big problem is when you when you lack the vision and you're just flying by the seat of your pants. Mm, then you have true. a situation where you've got programmers who are just doing whatever they want willy nilly and things are changing every single week and it's like you can't do that it's like no man put it out leave it alone leave if it you be need to make changes three four years down the road for balance purposes because other stuff got True. screwed up with 20 patches that's cool but this whole thing of this week we're going to add more inventory oh, and next week we're going to add more bank space and this week we're tweaking hit points and next week we're tweaking this and we're doing a tweak abilities then we're going to tweak this and we're going to tweak this and, we're tweak this, and we're... you don't have like you haven't finalize your game ever like you're constantly changing Mm, true if you've launched a title yes you need to fix bugs yes there will be things Mm. you need to balance over time but once you know once you've hit a certain point i think personally once you've hit a certain once you hit a certain alpha you need to stop
0: i yeah which was one thing i respect about what what the team with ashes is doing is they they care more about making sure that that foundation for the game functions well because they recognize and they have the wisdom to understand as keeping in mind right this is not AAA studio they have the enough wisdom there to know that that foundation has got to be solid because if we go and they literally i'm paraphrasing they're they said the same thing i've said for years about games that are effing up in my opinion right is if the foundation's cracked it's harder to build upon that in time and they recognize this and so it's like it it was it was a really gratifying experience to like hear that being said by the developers when it's something you complain about with mmorpgs in general for so many years and it's like if you just if you just get that right and then leave it alone you can build on it cuz it'll work cuz that's reliable you don't have to worry about it failing you which you know what's what's the issue in the elder scrolls online it's the server like it's the server function right cuz the, the, it can't carry a lot of people. And they, they did push it out before they really refined that. And now it's been the plague for that game for so many years, which is unfortunate because I think a lot of things that have been implemented that are buggy in a hot mess would actually function well if this thing had been resolved from the beginning, but it got pushed out too quick. You know, you see uh, New World, right? Like they could have gave it more time. They could have gave it more time, polished it off. And I think if they just done that, given it more testing, it probably would have launched in a better state. And I think that the, you wouldn't have 90% of the people that would have dropped by now i think you might have you're gonna have people drop it's the nature of the thing but i think you still would have had more people for the long haul there with you so it's it's unfortunate because it's again it's like the same routine it's the same cycle it's the same problem it's the same uh story manifesting itself from one ip to the next or one one game to the next and it's just a damn shame boy i think we pre-gamed ourselves are we ready for the real good stuff
1: want to make issue. before you <laughs> go stuff. for so it i'm gonna let dataless go yeah right okay i just
2: one more point on what you were <laughs> sure, talking about Sam i think part of it is is definitely like even with new world like it was the vision again getting changed to maximize profits i think was was a huge like issue yeah. i think the lack of you know the lack of quality control before the mmo came out as well i mean again i i th- honestly even considered an MMO light but the other thing that I think is a is a, a major thorn in a lot of MMOs sides now is this flawed design philosophy mm. and that's one thing that I would say you know we talked about you know things changing constantly in MMOs and it's it's fundamental changes I mean there's definitely balancing that's involved in other things but to me you know I could easily replace the name World of Warcraft with borrowed power bullshit, because that's how every <laughs> expansion has done. It's saying, okay, you're really powerful, and you, like, spend your entire expansion grinding up something, oh, and then by go. the end of it, it's useless, right? Yeah. That, to me, mm-hmm. and, and as much as I enjoyed the experience kind of getting there, it was such a feels bad moment when the new yeah. expansion hit and you i mean i'm That's not ex- trivial
0: Fuck, exactly yes. i'm not
2: expecting to be super powerful in the new stuff but ramp up the difficulty on what i'm fighting so that whatever i've got you know i can get something and work towards something more and progress in some form or another but don't just give me something only to take it away i mean the biggest example of this what the the biggest highs and lows for me in the entire wow continuum that i played was legion Legion was like, I had spent like I was yes. a, a Uther Lightbringer nerd from day one. Yeah. And then they gave me they gave me that sword.
0: Right. Artifact weapon.
2: Yeah, exactly. They gave me that artifact weapon. And I was like, this, this is I finally come into my own as a paladin and I finally can wield, wield this sword. Oh shit. And then by the end of it, it was like, eh. Okay, just a stat stick at the end of the expansion. I'm like, really? Stat stick? Oh my yeah. Yeah, and it's like even even the progression, even the progression (laughs) that you had where you like plugged in points and you got different abilities and you plugged in I can't remember artifacts or Uh something into it. Yep. All that ended up being after the expansion was, oh, this adds plus two to item level. Really? like if i wanted to go back and just experience that as a fresh player
0: yeah. it would
2: feel like this is horrible it didn't give me any of the experience like True. to that i got like when i first wielded ashbringer and i built it out and i had all these different like abilities and and i i'm hoping right i'm hoping Truth. this cautionary tale that you know i'm not i'm feeling that intrepid is Wanting to like break this mold very specifically, I just hope that it's not just Intrepid that's
1: going down that path, with every mm, other
2: MMO that says we're not I've- going to create a universe that we're just going to fuck over each expansion.
1: And I, I, well, Nathan's not here to defend it, but I'll I'll say this because in in Nathan's spirit, I know that Pantheon, I agree team working on Pantheon, are are they. Uh, I'm going to say this because I'm an outsider who has been on the inside of that team before, but I haven't been for a long time. Um, They appear to be doing a good job of, you know, following in the spirit of what Brad McQuaid set out to do. Mm -hmm. And I would like to point out that, and and Nathan would say this if he was here, which is why I feel like I could speak for Nathan um, on this particular note. They don't have a launch date. They won't talk about a launch date. They have the money that they need to continue developing that game and they are intent to continue to develop at their own pace until such time as they have something that they feel is launch worthy and can actually break that mold and do something. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, we have games that will claim that they're fully funded and they're pushing a product to launch that (laughs) is is very clearly, uh, and there's lots of I'm not by the way, full disclosure I'm not pointing out at any particular one game because I don't want somebody to take there's that multiple out of
0: context. there's a lot there's
1: multiple there's multiple games out there who have claimed that they're fully funded, little independent projects and and yet what they appear to be pushing is a cash grab product that doesn't appear to revolutionize anything. It doesn't change anything. it doesn't no. push any boundaries. It doesn't try to break the mold. It just mm. looks like they're trying to make as much money in the quickest amount of time possible with a cash shop or a, a box sales or subscription fee or whatever. Oh, so I really shit. like – that's why I had to jump in about the Pantheon thing because I feel like yeah. Intrepid doing that for the PvP space and Pantheon is doing that, I think, for the PvE space. Both of those games are MMORPGs, but they're coming it from a different angle. Hopefully mm-hmm. I did that in a good way, Nathan yeah i agree with
0: that too (laughs) i mean there just aren't in the grand scheme of things very many that are actually trying to they're not trying to reinvent the wheel they're just trying to bring it back from my perspective to a place that's just a little bit more honest about like what we're doing here why we're doing this like and you know both of those games specifically and there again aren't many that have this focus are they are focused on community like that's a big component to it it's getting back to that like why we're all in here Together in a massively multiplayer online online game, right? Uh, role-playing game. Like we're in here in this big bubble that is the world we're playing in. And it's the interactions between all of us that make this experience greater. It's not specifically the boss fight. It's us together in the boss fight accomplishing this task, right? And, and like you said, that gameplay loop, what's the loop? get you in here every day to collect something to buy something to do this this hamster on a wheel thing it's the road most traveled you no, know thanks, it's it's it feels scummy and gross you know at least be honest about that's what you're doing when you when you sell it to people and most of the time they're not they're like oh this and that and this you know catchphrases and words like it's it's what it is. It's a lot of catchphrases and words and themes that people identify with, and they milk on it like nostalgia bait. They bait people in. They bait you in on your nostalgia, your experiences that we all love and enjoyed, whether you're younger or older. They capitalize on that to get you in to milk you like a hamster on a wheel. Because as long as you're turning that wheel, it's it's turning out dollar bills in their pocket. And that's what Falcon it's about, tiny from little my perspective. Hamster guy i need to <laughs> yeah.
1: that's gonna get clipped. Hold on, yeah did you just
0: say say that one more time renfield just one more time for me so they're i heard just, it right they're,
1: they're getting in there and just milking them little hamster titties <laughs>
0: okay okay
1: sam you know this if it's got a
2: nipple you can milk it
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait why do i know this
2: i'm just saying
0: Ouch, uh, you know i don't know where we're going this all of a sudden i feel like dark thin stuff's going on here. What? <laughs> no, I mean, cou- couch no, 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 no couch long. references right now thank you very much or whatever is going on okay we, we've veered away from so we've got nostalgia balls and milking and hamster titties on the lfm show now two for two all right that's where we're going fine it resonates it makes sense oh no oh no 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 there not in here mob tech was here den of sin they're trying to call what i'm gonna call my free old sins den of sin in ashes you know this so we've got oh, your <laughs> home is called sims den of sin this is thanks to narrower it's just a matter of time this this one i don't think is going to get reinforced too much though we don't need that <clears throat> right okay moving on what were we going to you now? oh yeah got it um not that um talking stuff are we ready i'm gonna let i'm gonna let renfell rant on can this I, and let him just kind
1: of And i also dropped the link ooh, sure to the video I did so yeah i i bef- just some context here i woke up this morning went and streamed Lotra with my wife um very relaxing morning and then i happened to catch this vanity fair article and I was inspired to go do it. I have never done a rant video on my channel ever. And I did it very tongue in cheek. Like I purposely was like off the rails and I'm really don't care for the record. I'm still going to watch the show with my wife, like in the rant. I'm like, fuck this show. I'm not watching it. Obviously I will. Cause it's going to be fantasy and it's, I'll have to at least give it a shot. Um, so for context, the video that I'm going to link here is a very tongue in cheek rant video, but um, what blew me away is I, I put it out there this, this morning and, um, I, it, it started going and, and I thought it was just my community members cause it started going really quick and was getting some comments from my community members and stuff. And I went and laid down for a nap and it had like 400 views, right? There you go. I woke up from the nap it was up to, it's, it's up to 1800, it's over 1800 views now, Yeah. 93% positive. I've got 174 likes on it and right. like 113 comments. Obviously, this is resonating with people, right? Yeah. So here's here's the problem because we've talked about this show. On this show, a lot of the last three, four months, we've talked about it. I feel like almost every single week because we've been very hyped about the idea of another Lord of the Rings show, second age, so much source material, amazing history to pull from. We've got the trees, we've got Numenor, mm-hmm. we've got Sauron when he was young, the making of the rings. we got all this cast of characters like Galadriel and Elrond and Glorfindel and, and Isildur and, and Anarian and, and all of these amazing people everything else. Vanity Fair drops this reveal today of the upcoming show the ring of power um. and i am just like my mind is blown the one thing that really got me was the quote that they have where they literally the showrunners said the foremost thing in our mind was can we come up with the novel tolkien never wrote and i just was like what the fuck are you talking about he literally wrote the appendices we have the silmarillion his son went out and did all the tales of middle yep. earth and and all we have dozens of books about the source material for the second age oh yeah and you have the balls to say you know we need to write the book that token wrote so then i go read through the article and i'm like and i'm like oh wait a second they've just they've taken thousands of years of history and condensed it into a single era which is the same thing they tried to do with wheel of time i didn't think it panned out very well but that's another subject for another time but that that part of it's going on here's what really pissed me off They have just invented a whole new cast of characters for this show. We have a human who gets shown on a raft with Galadriel in the middle of a sea. Like, who the fuck is Halbrand? That's not the worst of it. We have – we clearly know that that dwarves in Lord of the Rings have – dwarven women in particular have beards. They're talked about in the books. They're talked about in the movies. We see a picture of this pristine – colored woman, black woman. Can I say black woman? I don't know what's politically correct to say. Um, The actress who is playing a dwarven princess who is created for this show, smooth-faced, no beard, very beautiful woman, uh, beautiful actress, um, not a Tolkien dwarf woman. Um, And then we have, this is the worst one for me. This is the one that really crossed the line for me, which is we now have an invented, he's completely invented. We have a Sylvan wood elf who has a forbidden relationship with a human single mother who has a child. And I'm like, this is the part that triggered me the most. because What is that about? Here's what pisses me off. Because the reason in the books, in the Lord of the Rings books, and in the films, they did a very good job of showing how important the relationship between Aragorn and Arwen was. Because it only ever happened. One time before with Baron and Luthian. Baron Luthien, and Luthian. Yeah. The, the the, I mean, they become these immortals in the stars, living forever in their love, the only couple really to ever. And here we have this throwaway couple that's created just for the Amazon show. Uh, Sylvan Woodolf, who has a forbidden relationship with a human woman who's a single mother with a child. And I'm like, I just, I'm done. Like, I now have very little interest in the show because I know that it's not going to be an actual true adaptation it's not going to be like the peter jackson films where they mm. tried to stay true to the source material it is literally read through all the commentary these guys literally say we are going to write the novel that Tolkien oh, never i don't wrote know why they create, said that that's cringey create the literal quote is like we're going to cuz we're going to do that and create a oh, mega no. epic event that could only happen in the times that we live in so they it have is. no interest in the tolkien spirit what they have an interest in is we bought this ip for 200 million dollars We're going to milk this for all we can because we need a billion-dollar franchise. So now we're going to create this entire new cast of characters. We're going to create an entirely new version of events for the Ring of Power. Oh,
0: no. And we're going
1: to release this to try to create this show that's going to be the woke version of – because – Everybody knows Sauron didn't have enough colored people in his books, and Sauron didn't have enough women characters – not Sauron, sorry, Tolkien. Tolkien didn't have enough female characters. Tolkien didn't have <sighs> any brown people. Tolkien didn't have any Asians. Tolkien didn't have any homosexuals. I'm all for diversity and inclusion and everything else, but not when you're sacrificing. And this is when I – I actually say this in the video. I thought that I wasn't a book purist because I tried really hard. And I did enjoy some aspects of the Wheel of Time show, and I really had to struggle to separate myself from the books that I know and love and the show that they presented. Um, And I enjoyed it because I watched it with my wife, who has never read the books. Now, here's the kicker for me. Chris has never read the the Lord of the Rings books. So I have no doubt that she will watch this show and get enjoyment out of it in a way that I just can't because Mm. I know – source material and i'm sitting here going you didn't need to create a whole cast of new characters when you already had literally there are dozens of books hundreds of characters already written and created that are amazing characters to pull from and yet now you're just recreating i would highly recommend the vanity fair piece is a really long read yeah i'm
0: reading through it we're talking about it
1: it's not a quickie But
0: this is the thing, though. Okay, like uh, you know, put put you know, race in our world completely off to the side. Okay, that's because they're elves. He does. He also doesn't deny that there are similar features there either, and you can't convey that effectively through writing. How he has imagined them in his mind. and how he describes them okay the beautiful thing about writing is that when you write something right you give someone enough to imagine he, even tolkien as as well uh, as he elaborates on the environment and descriptions can't perfectly describe every character to you
1: oh and and this is one of my favorites that imagination forgotten um the elves in Lord of the Rings and in Tolkien's writings are never described yeah. as having long ears. In fact, the children are described as if you see a human child and an elf child together, you can't actually tell them apart. So the long ears are things that we attributed to them <clears throat> because of other franchises and other things. But so there's just the description and the imagination that went, that goes into reading mm. these books and, and coming up with your own version of things is also very important. But I just, you know. I'm not nearly as upset as that video makes me out to be. That was a very tongue-in-cheek thing. Mm. And again, I will watch the show when it comes out. But I now have zero – like I have zero hype about it now. I have zero expectations because I know now that they're doing what they did with Wheel of Time, which is they are basically just making up this whole brand new th- – like they're literally the – can we come up with the novel Tokyo never wrote? That's what they're doing. They're reinterpreting. I don't like that they
0: did that. I don't like that they did that because I feel like that's. I've, I'm going to tell you from my perspective. This seems like a, a pretty big slap in the face. It's like saying because you couldn't imagine this to fit the world we're in, we're gonna we're gonna imagine and create it for you because you didn't or you didn't do it. It's like, isn't that imply a lot of assu- isn't that a lot of assumption there? Yes, Isn't that a lot of assumption when you're talking about something The beautiful thing about art And I think people need to wrap their effing heads around this Is it's open to interpretation A lot of art and music can be open to interpretation Sure someone might have like had an idea and they had a vision and they created it and they have their their own thing. But the thing is, when you read a book, the beautiful thing about that is you and I, all of us here right now, we can read a book and we can read through those pages and we can imagine it similarly, but our imaginations, because we are individual human beings, We will visualize and imagine this differently from person to person, and that's what makes it beautiful. So I might say that a problem in what their approach is here might actually be that you're trying to tell us how we need to imagine it
1: to adhere to to the
0: vision that you have for it instead of allowing it to be more open to interpretation. And one could argue that if you change too much of an author's work by creating too much, you then deviate away from the author's original vision and therefore try to tell us how we are supposed to imagine it instead of allowing us imagine it for ourselves. I understand that there's a certain amount of uh, impo- you know, a certain amount of things you have to do to adapt something, a book to a film or a show or whatever. But the problem is, is that. Um, sure, Peter Jackson had the same issue, okay, with the characters he had to create in Lord of the Rings because the studios put pressure on him to ensure that there was uh, a love story there that existed. So we didn't get Gal, uh, Glorfindel, there. We didn't get him in the the first one, you know, when it, when you see the horses in the water and all that stuff. Like, I can understand it, that sometimes you need to add characters, you need to add certain things because you kind of are at the mercy of the the big dogs, the ones that are telling you what you can and you can't do, and if you don't adhere somewhat to that then you're kind of stuck with it. Here's the problem. Amazon's the big dog. They have the freedom to make it as authentically uh, aligned with the the creator's vision as possible and are choosing not to do it. And that is what I think is effed up about the situation, because you could do it, but instead you're going to tell us how it's supposed to be, just like a damn, just like a a, a conglomerate would do, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Like instead of, you know, you have the opportunity to do right by the community and the readers. And instead you're going to do this. Like I can get behind, like, and I'm just going to put this, I'm going to, I'm going to actually say as a sidebar to this, that I could potentially be on board. I'm going to advocate for the other potential side here. I'm going to also say that I can, I can advocate for creating characters that don't exist in some of these stories because these works like the untold tales, right? Like Baron of Luthien, like the children of Hunir or uh, Yeah. Karen. Here, and thank you. Up. I knew the second I said that I effed it up, but it's all good. <laughs> Silmarillion, right? Like so some of these things, those books that exist, Christopher Tolkien helped to tell those stories because they weren't specifically written by his father. So some of them are written in a way to just give you the information. Okay. So but the thing is, is that it's the source material's there. Okay, you can still adapt things and and do it according to how it is told and laid out before you, right? There's still tons of ways to go about doing that. So I can get behind and I can advocate for creating characters if they're navigating through and they're sort of like witnessing all these things happening. and sort of like floating by because that could work. That could totally work in the books.
1: Theoretically, what they did with the Lotro video game, you literally have a world. Exactly,
0: dude. That was yeah, created. Yes. The characters
1: you are playing are literally just witnessing the events of the Fellowship of the Ring as opposed to actually Absolutely. participating in it. So exactly. Could, you're wrong in that it could work. Um, uh, the only one that really bothered me was the, the I see no reason to create an elf with a female and call it this forbidden relationship when that it's was not forbidden this, in
0: the universe.
1: <laughs> it's supposed to be this super rare thing that's only ever happened, you know, with Baron and Luthien. And now uh, suddenly it's like, so Aragorn and, and Arwen are no longer this important thing. It's like, Oh, that's yeah. That's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. Elves and elves and humans. uh, oh, that's, that's, it happens once every generation. It's no big deal.
0: Um, oh, and even if it does you don't know that it doesn't either because it's not completely if you take
1: the time one of my favorite and this is going to offend some people so so full disclosure this this might be offensive to some people but on my youtube video someone had made a comment about so does this mean that elron is going to be a top or a bottom is what they asked for this upcoming show and i just that was the level of of ridicule that people now have for oh, no, what's dude. coming out is like like just when I saw that I was like, no, you did not just write that on my YouTube. I mean it's funny, but it's raw. It's, so, yeah, it's not, so you gotta be cool, but it's funny.
0: I mean you uh, could take you can take like you know, race and things like that completely out of it. You can even take woke culture out of it and look at it specifically from the context of what is their source material wise. And and my biggest issue is aren't you kind of implying some stuff about a guy who's not even here to defend it? That's kind of fucked up.
1: He's dead, you know? And it's like, I feel like that's the same thing that happened with wheel of time. Cause Jordan's been dead for a decade now or more. Um, You look at – and my brother and I were having this conversation this morning because, you know, Lucas is in the same situation even though he's still alive because Mm. he sold off the IP and he has no say in what they do with his original creations anymore. And someone in the commentary was making – up; they were saying like they hated Boba Fett and Boba Fett also introduced characters. And I was like, you're not wrong. Like Boba Fett had a lot of characters from the expanded universe and stuff, but they also – spoiler alert. I'm not going to say who they are, but they had some characters that were created just for the show. Mm. And so far the resounding reaction to the characters that were created just for that show has been extremely negative for those mm, characters because they're very lame. Um, so I think I can say when you take a beloved Franchise, whatever it is, and you start stripping out things that make it what it is, and just adding in your own things just to make it modern. It doesn't always necessarily make it better, (sighs) although it can be used to enhance the story. So I don't know. I'm very skeptical now. And before, before this morning, I was hyped up for the show. Ten out of ten, couldn't wait for it. Now I'm down to liking. It's a
0: little worrisome, dude. It really is a little worrisome. Not gonna lie. I mean. I'll I'll watch it and I'll tell you exactly why I'll watch it, because if I can get even a snapshot, like, let's take the characters and all stuff going on. There's still going to be stuff that's going to be cool. There's going to be trees, the the cities, like the environment, the fantasy world. Now, 20 plus years after the Lord of the Rings uh, movies were made, we get to see like some upgraded environment like so take it all, i could be sitting there stewing about something that's going like what is this even doing but i can still enjoy all the other bits and pieces it will be
1: really cool yeah to see numenor if they do numenor crap, and i'd love if they could oh, do yeah, numenor falling into the ocean and if oh that's done my gone, god when he smites the planet and says Oof. yeah fuck you bitches like you go you want to you want to warm you want to bring more to my doorstep <laughs> like just you know the, yeah. there's, there's some elements that they could still pull off but I'm going to be tuned out for 99% of the soap opera stuff that they're trying to put in there. Um, same as I was with wheel of time. I reviewed every episode of that show tried really hard. I gave it like a three or a four out of 10 in total. Cause there were things mm. I did like, and I at least got to see an adaptation of the wheel of time on screen, which True. was cool for me, but it was also like uh, so many things that I just can't get behind. And, like Bounty was saying earlier, I, I have noticed, I, I guess I am a book purist, despite the fact that I've always, you are, you clearly a are. Purist. I definitely am. I guess in my old project, <laughs> you clearly age.
0: are dude. And I'm so I'm not, <laughs> I mean, like the, I have, I have a certain level of flexibility, right? Like on, on some dude, things, but, but some of this but, stuff but, is just like, you better, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to do it just right. If you're going to sell people on this and, it's going to work otherwise you're going to f it up so bad
1: yeah it's also because this just came across in the news so um raymond feist who i love as an author the rift war saga i've read that i mean i've been a fan of his books for a long time the the rights to um the rift war universe have been back and forth for years but they never actually ever made it into a show well they there's they made an announcement uh, a couple weeks back um and he's an old guy now he's in his mid 70s late 70s and it looks like there's a new production company formed by some writers who worked on like star wars obi-wan kenobi and some other franchises really big names sort of in the tv industry they formed a production company around buying the rights to the ripforce saga and the empire saga with him and janny Wirtz. and but even on his facebook page he's been very open about the fact that People are already questioning what's this going to be about? Are they going to – what are they going to do? What's the adaptation going to be look like? And he's been telling people that, well, we're still in the back and forth phase of things right now. They have obviously purchased the books, but I still have a certain measure of control over what does or doesn't go into a production. Not total control, but he does have some say in the matter. But if you're a dead author – or you've completely signed away your rights, as in the case of George Lucas. That's when people can start taking things and just doing whatever they want.
0: And so that's a good question. Actually, no, that wasn't even on the the things I was gonna I was thinking about talking about today. But I would I'm curious about that, right? Because I'm hopeful for that. I think it could be a lot of fun to see that. Um, I'm I'm also curious what people might be worried about, since he's not. You know, this is like one of those situations where you're not exactly sure what you're going to get. There's some things that they've done great with that IP that I think are like the Mandalorians. I I enjoy that.
1: Sure. I've enjoyed the shit out of that. And I, having watched um, Boba Fett last night, I gave it a seven out of 10. Like there were things that I didn't really care for, um, but overall it was a fun experience. Um, The Mandalorian season one and two were just great. (sighs) I have no doubt. Like I'm really looking forward to the Ahsoka show. We got Obi-Wan coming out in May. Um, What's Yoda's
0: race? uh, The little dude. Oh, I fucking love that little dude. I was like, oh,
1: the Bad Batch. We got, you know, the new clothes and Works came out recently. Yeah. Um. So we've got Disney. Well, John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni, specifically Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni knows Star Wars, and he was George Lucas. Yeah. He's the Padawan, and and he knows, which is why it sucks that they won't let him touch a film franchise. That is unfortunate, they've got, man. They've got him stuck on yeah. TV, which is happy because I I I'm happy to consume Disney Plus star wars television because it's good. really good quality stuff as opposed to the most recent films which i watched because mm. they are star wars and i got a certain level of enjoyment out of them but definitely uh, once or twice was enough i'm not gonna go back and rewatch them like i have the original movies or even the prequels over the years mm. Mm. um but like the mando the mandalorian is so good um, it is
0: really good um, i was I so and, happy with that man Dave i didn't Filoni, think it would be like,
1: the character of Ahsoka Tano, like if you've ever spent time and watched the Clone Wars all the way through and then watched Star Wars Rebels and then watched you know, like, like a the character of Ahsoka boy. Tano is so cool. Like her, her, her journey of being this tiny little girl, this Padawan for Anakin Skywalker and then growing up and seeing him fall to the dark side and the, oh. the journey that she has went through to leaving the Jedi Order and saying, you know what? Y'all are fucked up with your whole good versus <laughs> evil. It's gotta be this. Oh, this... Sorry, I'm gonna rant a little yep, bit. Here. Incoming, uh, here we go. Even Boba Fett, like I'm gonna spoil something here. Um there is a moment in the show it in if you don't hear it. You got 10 seconds. Um, now you gotta actually count is, that down. <laughs> someone is asked to make a decision about something by a certain character who's beloved by the franchise, and it's a very black and white <laughs> scenario. It's not right. It's not fair, and that's the problem with with the Jedi Order, and I'll leave it there. So that's
0: um, good. <laughs> they listen, so I'm like, I really don't want to hear it. I want to watch this. Don't F it up. <laughs> He's like, okay, you're good. You're good. You're good, buddy. That's, um, that's I also
1: tried to keep that very generic. So um <laughs> it's it, it's spoiler y, but not, it shouldn't uh, spoil anything, too many people. Um, I didn't hear anything. So good. Good. He was good. like, you're not good. listening, not listening. So, I mean, but I mean, I like the so- the character of Ahsoka for that reason, which is why yeah. I think they're going to do good things with that show. And the Obi-Wan <laughs> show, you know, we're bringing back Hayden Christensen to do something different. That's with pretty cool. Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader character. He's also cast in the Ahsoka show. So we know we're going to be seeing him, whether it's in flashbacks or mm. whatever. So I love. You got me in a rant because I love Star Wars. And uh, Star I'm Wars loving is great, everything. man. Yeah. I'm loving everything they're doing with the the shows. Um, I love everything they've done with the old... Like, I just finished the Thrawn trilogy. I hadn't read that in, like, 20-plus years, and I read that's, that again. a good series. Oh, dude. I, I hadn't read it since I was, like, in my late teens, early 20s. And I went back... I think it was Same. December, like, November, December, and I powered through those three books, and I was like, I forgot how amazing this was, and I forgot how, like... Those first like 50 or 60 novels that came out of the expanded universe, like the X-Wing series was yub yub commander. Like it was so good. And we had like the Jedi Academy series and the Han Solo series and the Bounty Hunter series, which, by the way, (laughs) was when Boba Fett gets out of the Sarlacc pit for the first time was literally in that book from like 95 or something. So, I mean, it's so much good Star Wars stuff over the years
0: yeah i have not and the the thing is is i have not dug into all of the star wars like stories and lore which feels a little bad man like i feel like i've definitely i've definitely done more star Trek, but i don't think it's necessarily because i'm just more of a trekkie i just think it's easier to digest the star Trek stuff. Cause it's mostly been movies or shows, you don't get it as much in like written form or, or games. I mean, you, you have had star Trek games, but not like you've had star Wars games. Let's not be real. Star Wars
1: games. Yeah, well, it's true. also, there can be too much. I did a, I did an episode called when Lore is too much, I think a couple months back or something. Uh, um, but again, not spoiling anything. There's a couple of characters that show up for a brief cameo in the book of Boba Fett who are, they're referenced in a PC game article, which is the only reason I even knew this. They are literally characters that were Luke Skywalker's friends in that deleted scene from the first film. <laughs> We've all seen the deleted scene of when he goes to the cantina and he meets Biggs Darklighters there. And they're like – they're it's all the six kids, right? And they're like, oh, and they hear something going on and they run outside and they look up and the, the fight is going on above them in the sky, right? But it's yeah. this deleted scene from Star Wars A New Hope. Well, there's these two characters that are like – they show up. And I would have had no idea who they were because there are a couple of random cameos in the book of Boba Fett. But you have these people who are such huge Star Wars nerds that they're like, you're not a true Star Wars fan if you don't know who those characters were. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck off. Like, <laughs> I don't need to know every single last shit. tiny little – like, they were in a deleted scene that never made it to the feature film. Like, like why would I know on, who homie. those characters were? Like, give me on a break. know i don't like skim through it all like, with a
0: magnifying glass man for and every like single thing
1: like, like when when they're running when lando and Chewie and chewie's got c-3po on his back and they're running towards the millennium falcon at the end Dude. of the empire strikes back people are like how many blaster shots? There was five blaster shots that the stormtroopers fired at the Millennium Falcon. No, there were seven. No, man, there was this, three. It's
0: like- this is like this is this this resonates as a content creator, right? Because you go and you create something to like, you know, you know, help people know about a game or something, and you go and you talk about it, and you don't do it saying, "Let me tell you every single." Possible detail about a thing. You're just trying to help people know about generally the stuff of things, and they're the ones that want to go and like hold you to the calls. Like, well, actually, I couldn't told you about this little piece here. And if you go to the wiki or if you go to this, like, chill the fuck out, guy. Like, hang out for a little bit. Chill out, okay? It's not comprehensive, right? Okay, you ain't wrong, but also like, if you're gonna come in here and pick everything apart, I kind of don't want you here. I kind of want yeah, you to hear.
1: It's a, it's a PC Gamer article that actually the reference point they used was Star Wars, but they were talking <laughs> about Elder Scrolls Online and how the thought of Elder Scrolls' dick terrifies them oh. because there's so much lore. Yeah. And you're going to have all these people who are like, and that character's from this little snippet and oh, that's from here. Gosh. And it's like you got to go back and read 500 wiki pages to understand what's going on. Like At that point – at what point is – too much lore, a bad thing, basically, and and people who take it too far. Um, sorry, I I went off ranting there. Yeah, like lore
0: is great, but sometimes you just you know, like the details are great. I mean, I don't get me wrong right? I love the details. I love the depth. I love lore. I love the details of like systems and games and like mechanics, right? I love theory crafting. I love a good story. I love the side stories. I like how it enriches the game. I like how understanding all the systems in a game. And you, to me, this is like across the board. Like I, I I can appreciate depth. I love it. It's a big part of who I am as a human being, right? But you also have to understand not everybody, like for some people, that's excessive like it's excessive to go and lay everything out, in, you know what I mean? Because then they're like, okay, I, I'm trying to track all this at once. Sometimes they got you got to add those layers later, later. And sometimes there's something to be said about leaving it fan. a mystery, you're, you know. And then fan. I'd be like, you know, I, I don't even hear your ridiculous blasphemous words or something, you know. It's just it's like that. It's great to, to appreciate the depth and everything, but at the same time, it's like, y'all just need to chill out a little bit. Don't ruin the fun for people, right? It's great to have that there. And also, the beautiful thing about like all these details and all these extra bits and pieces, the beautiful thing about having things like wikis and things like that around, or books, is when people are like, oh, I love this world or I love this story, you go and it's like, I want to dig deeper. To me, that's part of, again, I say for me. That's it's part optional. of the beauty of of right. fantasy and imaginative uh, works and creative uh, endeavors because when there's more there, it's like oh great, it doesn't have to stop here. Like I can go and like learn about more things and and everything, and now I'm invested, and I would probably even say like to some degree that can help to create community. I don't know.
1: Well, there's also like, I'll admit, like I did follow the tales of the Jedi comics from the nineties when dark horse was doing them. But beyond <laughs> that, I've never, I've never read any star Wars comics, right? There's a whole subgenre of like Canon stories that have yes, taken place know. in the comics, which I know nothing about, despite the fact that I love star Wars. I love the TV shows. I love the video Tons. games. I love the books. I, I just comic books for me are not a medium that I am a big i'm not into that space but it it exists and especially now with oh, the high yeah. republic they're creating a whole new series of mm-hmm. of um i well it's it's all these different stories that are taking place within mm. different mediums we've got books we've got comics we've got uh, that new video game that was the trailer the cgi trailer um was really cool a few mm. months back i can't remember what it is with like a new alien race they're going to be fighting um you know, they're 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 doing a good job, and we were talking about this. I think my brother and I were talking about this the other day. If you look at franchises that have dominated every corner of every given market, Star Wars is the one that I think we can say without a shadow of a doubt has has done what no other franchise has done. Because it's like, you want Star Wars underwear? Star Wars underwear. You want Star Wars bedsheets? You've got Star Wars bed sheets. Mini figures, action figures, uh, lunch boxes. Oh, um, Harry uh, Potter,
0: homie. Holy Newsy. shit.
1: Harry Potter's close, but it's I still think Star close, Wars. pretty damn close. Yeah. Star Wars, star Wars, Wars is
0: definitely, be. definitely up there though.
1: The I merchandising think, is
0: ridiculous. Yeah, it's also been around a lot longer and had yes. a lot more things. So, I mean, you know, comparatively, I think that if if you were to take if I were to like go into the future, I feel like it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a parallel. But I think that Yeah,
1: Harry Potter's pretty big, but you're there, not wrong there.
0: But Star Wars has got like years of a head start and pioneering that space as well. So it's
1: in well yeah, this, I've I've talked about this in the past when we were talking about um not on this <laughs> show, but um elsewhere when we were talking about marketing stuff. Um, George Lucas was a brilliant. Oh, Stargate's some-
0: so good too, yeah. Stargate's, Stargate's really good. Awesome. George
1: Lucas did some brilliant stuff with the marketing of Star Wars because before anyone knew about the franchise, like he had Mark Hamill and 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 all the actors going out to these comic book conventions, right? He so that's a smart move because you wouldn't think that comic book people would give a shit about a movie but he sent the actors to these little comic book conventions wearing t-shirts with posters and the actors were like sharing their passion for this film they had been in and that got people interested to want to go see this unheard of film before and that was like before comic book conventions were really a big thing. Comic-Con was a twinkle in someone's eye at that Mm -hmm. point, but they were out there spreading the word of mouth on the, with boots on the ground, doing these press tours with the actors very early on, which is, I think is very, uh, was very brilliant on, and you're right, pioneering that space for like Marvel and what they do today. Um, and yes, gosh, dude, um, Stargate is great. And I would love to see more Stargate, um,
0: yeah, what's it uh, gonna take to get a, new, a good D and uh, I mean, right, let me let me pull it back. What's it? What's it, This is where I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be like having Nathan's back and and Orenfield probably on board. What's it gonna take for us to just like may, do a more with the D and D universe, please? Yeah, there's so much there, well, homies.
1: They, they do have they do have an open world, an unannounced, unnamed. Excuse me, it has been announced. Un, unnamed mm. open world D and D game coming out. We have Baldur's Gate 3 coming out, true, but man. I still feel like we're not going to see because the rights <clears throat> are already used. The rights are already in use with Neverwinter, so we're not going to get true. we're not going to get a fantasy, uh, a Forgotten Realms, MMORPG from anybody in the near future because they already oh, are. It dude, um, Dark Alliance was a piece of shit. I i gotta say that i didn't care for that game at all um i wanted to so bad and yeah the combat was just it was boring it was like it was terrible yeah it was right buggy and uh an open world D mmo would be cool but again the rights are already locked down with neverwinter so um i think Baldur's gate three is as good as we're gonna get for unless until until we see whatever is the open yes. world rpg that they've that they've talked about we don't know who's making it <sighs> We don't know anything about it yet, dude.
0: Um, I, I gotta say, anybody else that watched Target Universe? So bummed when that. Yes, I w- because it was I enjoyed so it. cool. And they had what's his was, name too, homie was so good. I forget his name offhand. I'm just a, a scientist. Ne- oh, I freaking love that guy. He's so good. He's he's in everything I see that guy in. Uh What's his? Someone
1: it's help me. Car- Robert Carlyle. Thank you. Um, he's yeah. so
0: good. He was. Uh, he even voice acted. I don't know if you all know this, but Castlevania: Lords of Shadow. He was the yes. voice of the. He was the. He was the voice see your uh, freaking belmont dude he was so good i love that guy i love him he's like he's such a good bad guy in a once upon a time series like dude,
1: oh yes he's, oh, everywhere. he's so
0: good yes yeah.
1: Yeah. perfect in that yeah that yes role. he did so I good only, i only made it through the first seven seasons before i kind of lost i lost what interest i need in to my, rewatch uh, that pretty good I mean, it was really that. good The first i the first seven seasons that i watched were really good i mean it, it does yeah. get a little long in the tooth sometimes but I think he did the best job out of, of all of those characters because he was very manipulative and just the way he played. But the reason I liked Universe was because it was darker and grittier than the other Stargate shows, um, which always had sort of a comedic camp element to them. Yeah. And they kind of went a different route with Stargate Universe. Um, and I was very sad when it got canceled. I was
0: bummed. I was so, I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, dude. So- I, mean, a, I liked SGU was it? No, uh, there was Stargate SG one. Then there was my brother loved Atlantis. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love the movie. Like, it's great. I watched some of the spin-off movies that they had come out as well. Uh, and then dude, I saw Star universe. And I was like, Ooh, this one might be the one that really hits the mark for me. And then they canceled. It and I was like, Oh,
1: <gasps> so I'm even oh, a big enough fan that God. I um, watched I think it's about two years ago, maybe three now, someone did. They got money to produce it, and it was a like a series of short films that they put together into like an hour-and-a-half film. It was one of the biggest pieces of shit I have ever watched in my life. It was as bad as – if you've never watched the original um, – uh, why am I blanking on it? Um, when they do a first episode of a show, that's like a pitch. Oh, the pilot.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, pilot. Okay,
1: the original pilot for the Wheel of Time show, which had Billy Zane in it, and it's out there on the YouTube. It's out there on the internet. It's from years ago because the company what? who owns the company <laughs> who has the rights shit. to make this is the fun thing with rights. The company who has the rights to produce. The Wheel of Time television show had to show that they were actively producing something to keep the rights. So they threw together a very low-budget pilot episode, and they released it so that they could prove that they put money into something and had released it as a finished product to prove that they could Mm. retain the rights to continue developing something different. That pilot episode is one of the worst things I have ever seen oh, in no, my really? life. It's so bad. And <laughs> this that. Stargate <laughs> short series of films that they put together like two, three years ago was that level of bad. Oh, it was shit. Just so, so bad. And they were like trying to go back and like do oh, this weird retcon thing with the history of it. And during the Nazi times or something, And it was just – it was
0: bad. It doesn't work, huh? Yeah, it's a damn shame it happened.
1: I was even in – I even participated in the early pre-alpha for the Stargate uh mmorpg many 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 years ago Was
0: um, bad man that would have been interesting that.
2: yeah i case? was like i've been literally thinking about that this whole time i <laughs> wish they would make an mmo that actually like stays the course <sighs>
0: oh yeah for
2: stargate because i was so excited about that and and uh, the company it was i think it was cheyenne mountain <laughs> entertainment yep, cheyenne mountain was entertainment. based in arizona where i was at i'm like dude Something in my hometown—it's <laughs> happening—and then it was such a flaming bag of dog shit. And it was just this. It was just this big <laughs> MLM. I was like, I've got the Stargate. Like I'm going through the portal and all that uh, stuff. But it would just make a. a it would make a fantastic MMO yeah. because you just have the, and it's so open-ended. You can have so many different environments, and and you could you could do something pretty fantastic. Oh, every with world, it. Yeah. every
1: world you could yeah. have like a you know half a dozen to a dozen zones on each planet Mm. or and or dungeons i think the storyline from stargate um sg1 would work so well with the ghoul and 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 how they're this master race and i dude i'm so on there i'm so on board with you with that like it could be a really cool and it could have been if it weren't for the mlm schemes yeah alpha was really fun it was obviously alpha and they only had you know one Stargate and a couple of areas, but it was fun, you know, yeah. and the premise was there, but man, no Red one's self. done anything. Did you, yet.
0: did you know that, uh, Steven tree part of his inspiration for the divine gateways and ashes was inspired I by Stargate. Yeah. Whenever yeah. we found out about that, list was nerding so hard. We were I was no, no, no. I was like, no, I was like, yes. hell yeah, my man, that's what I'm talking about. I was like, Oh, this is freaking awesome. Cause it's a good because, you know, Stargate, what is that? I mean, spinning rings and a gateway to go through. And I mean, technically, if you think about with ashes, we're going to I guess we're veering in. We're on the category today. So uh we're veering into the ashes domain. The, the beautiful thing is like what you literally are coming from the place called Sanctus and ashes of creation. Right. Place devoid of magic. You come through the divine gateways because they open right they just they sort of open and you're like whoa what so you literally come through the gateways cuz they they've opened up for the first time in thousands of years to this fabled forgotten land of vera the planet where your ancestor had had like you know had left in a mass exodus and and so it's like there's these like throwbacks to potential like planes or planets probably planets that we get to we could i mean the the in the future the possibilities of going through divine gateways to, you know, or even uncovering other gateways or something that could lead to other planets or something—it could be there. So that's pretty cool. So, and that was like a small little snapshot of uh, of how, like, you know, uh, Stargate had an influence on, you know, Ashes of Creation. Beautiful. A comment in there says start a better job soon double and i'm making now per week and i we need some merch head just a heads up oh, okay <laughs> it's, uh, I-, I will uh i'll get on my merch game a little bit a little bit more i've had some requests lately to like to do that i, I actually have like a ashes pathfinder one i'm gonna do um some other stuff i, I haven't thought of it yet but i got a few also the hoodie i've got that's got the samorg logo on it sidebar um is like really needs i need a new one let's just put it, that way. it uh, that adhesive material for the print ain't sticking so great anymore. I'm like, wow, really like a year. How long have I had that hoodie? I don't know. A year or two. And it's like ripped already. I'm like, okay, guess it's time to warn it too much, but I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm working on it. catchphrases from the shows. Nostalgia balls need to get some visuals for that. Clearly not reference. Going to say nothing. uh, Won't be pornographic or anything. No worries. Um, yeah. Anyone? I could
1: do the hand shots. You know, you take some screenshots. And
0: apparently that and milking hamster titties. So there's that, I guess. We're <laughs> welcome to the LFM podcast where the filter's completely off. Almost. except for the area that gets you in banned or whatever. But um yeah, interesting, man. Good times, good times. Yeah, I have some discussion topics, but uh out of respect for the fact that um we've got next time. Um I wanna I wanna go ahead and plant the seed in some people's head here so you can get to thinking about this. Um Authenticity. I'm going to plant some seeds for you because we're going to hit episode 70 next time. Good practice for your den. Oh, what are we doing? There's no den of sin at this time nf-sim-tm uh or sim i'll never mind authenticity development and community okay what i I just want to plant these seeds for everybody listening now okay this is relevant to mmorpg communities this is relevant to uh, podcast communities relevant to content creator communities um it's relevant to communities in general and gaming communities, okay? But it's also relevant when we talk about developers and and pitching us the, the vision, right? We talk about nostalgia bait all the time. The difference between nostalgia bait and a beautiful vision that's being, you know, uh, being delivered upon. But I wanna plant this discussion point because we're gonna pick up on this next time for sure. And that's the idea of authenticity, both when it comes from developers or creative entities and community, and the importance of authenticity within community, because um, from my perspective, that can undermine both. And then aside from that, talking about an ideal MMORPG, like what would be a defining feature you'd want in yours if it happened? And there might be a, a game in development that's aiming to deliver upon this. There might be you may not see it in a game yet it may not even exist but i want to plant those seeds for next week because definitely that's where i want to pick up because i know we were planning on that conversation being here uh with nathan um if daedalus joins us next week cool we'll see what happens hopefully sometime here in the future but this is going to be the discussion point and topic for next week my friend so um gentlemen any final thoughts that you can come up with as we're winding this one down
2: yeah, no,
0: i'm spent man super fun <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun we get to rant a lot here boy talking about world of warcraft was a good one i am going to say i'm curious what they're up to though where they're going with that um if you're not already on discord join us over at discord.gg forward slash org to join this community and the greater community be in there discussing things on and off uh during the week regardless of what we're doing but i will let you shout out your domains we'll let daedalus go first then renfell this week daedalus shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not here on this podcast
2: okay you can find me on twitter at the ashen herald and on
1: youtube youtube.com slash c slash the ashen herald renfell quick and easy man yeah mine's gonna sound practiced. horribly long and boring <laughs> um so all my personal stuff um all my gaming streams with chris all the book reviews and all that stuff it's uh youtube.com forward slash renfell the most important thing, of course, is the world of Weave in the Void, which is behind me, which is our 5th edition tabletop setting campaign modules. It's the Dragonlance style of book novels that we're producing. It's the point-and-click adventure game. All those things wrapped up in one. The Nathan Napalm is working on character art for us um, with my wife and my brother and I on the tabletop stuff. All that stuff can be found over at the patreon.com Forward slash wandering hermits. That's the three of us. And the world is the Weave in the Void. And more importantly, the Twitch for the Weave in the Void is where you can find myself, Bounty Code, Sparrow, Nathan Napalm, Simmer, my brother, and I playing DD every Sunday night at nine. And we will be transitioning over to the Weave in the Void campaign this mm. summer. And Great. we're going to be doing some fun stuff in the interim with dnd tips and card and map making tips and some other things. So make sure you follow along there as well. Um, Head on over to the Patreon page if you want more information on all that stuff, or if you just want to come listen to me rant over on my YouTube channel. That's it.
0: Friends going to encourage you to go to iTunes. Give us a review if you haven't already. Let us know what you think. Leave a comment. We'll read it on the show. Join us on Discord. Catch us next week, Thursday, 5 p.m. here on twitch.tv forward slash If you are listening, we'd love to have you here. It just isn't the same if you don't catch us live. Uh, much love to y'all, everybody. And we might be to the end of today's show. But as usual, got to say, we're always looking for more to join the party. Rants aplenty. Until next time, live your best lives. Walk in the light and have a great night, friends. We'll see you again real soon.
2: Take care, everyone.